Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers is with us today. Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. Ribs, what's going on, buddy? It's good to see you again, man. How we doing, boys? I feel like it's been a hot minute since you and I have done a full show together. It has been. It's been a little crazy, a little hectic on the road. We've been all over the frigging country here recently and uh, finally settled for a day in beautiful Minnesota. It's like 26 degrees outside, cold and frigid. It's awesome. Your type of weather. Yeah, nothing quite like the uh, Southern California weather we had a week ago Mm -hmm. uh, we're soaking up the sun a little bit buddy you know uh for those of us that have been following you and following your journeys i think you deserve the minnesota weather weather (laughs) well said (laughs) so the let's let's just get into it i'm not gonna joke around or you know downplay this let's let's get into it instant reaction boys the cardinals have signed steven matz that's steven matz they did sign steven matz they years ago uh hasn't worked out they signed sunny gray Cardinals have signed Sonny Gray or close to signing Sonny Gray. Jamie, instant reaction to this. Uh, I like it. I do. I, look, it, it, I know Cardinals fans. There's a, a group of them I follow on Twitter that are just like, I can't believe this is it. And Mo is falling short. And they're putting the average age of the current rotation and all that. Here's what I have to say to Cardinals fans right now. A couple things. Uh, one, is this current rotation better than what you had last year? Yes. The answer is yes. Of course it is. Okay. Two, can this current rotation as it sits compete for a central division title? Yes, it can. Three, is it a World Series contender? No, it is. Right. Is it a pennant okay, contender? So, no. It, no. No, maybe it's not. the stars. Anthony, no. if you squint enough, Anthony, okay. On, on paper, it's not. You just never know, Anthony. Some of us choose to be optimistic. Oh, boy. Um, but I would say that, uh, no, the pennant isn't in the picture, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, <laughs> that being said, I I don't believe John Mosellock is done. I don't. I think that I think that he had a certain amount of funds that the DeWitts allocated to free agency. And I think that he's gotten to that threshold of free agent money. And now I think that he has the green light to make a trade. That's all you're hearing about is mm-hmm. that we have an excess of outfielders and, you know, prospects and things like this. I still, maybe I'm crazy, probably, but I still feel like Tyler Glass now or Dylan Cease or something like that could be in the cards here for the future. 
That's what I feel. But as it sits right now, I'm fine. At least they've done something. At this yeah. point last year, nothing had been done. For, for a wait. while. It was like dragging on. Yeah. And so I am totally fine that John Mosellock has gotten out ahead of this thing and at least got three guys signed. I agree. Jamie, what you said at the start is where I feel like most people are. And text in, or, or better yet, leave us a mic drop today. Want to hear from you. I would love to hear from Cardinals fans after they sign Sonny Gray. What are your thoughts? Are you ticked off? If you are ticked off, is it about Sonny Gray or is it about Mo? Is it about the organization? Because, Jamie, I think you touched on something that I, I've been thinking about throughout the course of the day. Are you ticked off because the Cardinals signed Sonny Gray and you don't like Sonny Gray? Maybe. Maybe some of you are. But I think the the, the majority of the people that are frustrated think exactly what you opened with, Jamie, that Mo is done, that the Cardinals are done. And they thought that way after the Lance Lynch. Oh, this is the big signing. And then they brought in uh, Kyle Gibson. Oh, this is all they're going to do. This is just patchworking. And then they bring in Sonny Gray. So they, they keep bringing in guys because of the urgency of the matter. They didn't have three starters out of the five possible uh, spots, slots. So now they do. Now, can you upgrade on that? This is Mo's next responsibility, in my opinion. This is the next thing that's important. Can you upgrade on what you currently have? Can you push Steven Matz out of the starting rotation to the bullpen with another move? Can you, can you get an ace? I don't think they can. I think the ace, and I've said this for a while now, Jamie, if you went into this offseason thinking, well, the Cardinals need, need an ace, no excuses. I agree, I agree with the first half of that. They need an ace. You're going to have to develop one, guys. That's just the reality. You can get pissed at me if you want. You have to develop so the think, ace. You don't think there's a trade to be had out there? I'm not saying there isn't. And and you mentioned the two guys that would be interesting. Tyler Glass now and Dylan Cease. You're not going to get Logan Gilbert from Seattle. Stop. Stop it. Those other two, Dylan Cease, if the White Sox want to use that chip to, to, to force a rebuild or to spark a rebuild, Dylan Cease makes sense. The Rays are likely... Uh, very unlikely to pay Tyler Glass now beyond this year. Those two guys make sense. Logan Gilbert, you're not going to get him. So stop with the Seattle stuff. But those other two, I'd be interested in those guys. But your long-term ace, Jamie, has got to come from the organization. I don't know if that's Tink Hens. I don't know if that's one of these other guys. But you have to develop that guy. It might not be any of them. You have to develop (laughs) those guys, though. That's the reality. You're in St. Louis. You're not in New York. You're not the Yankees bringing in Garrett Cole. You're not the Mets bringing in, you know, Justin Verlander. You're not the Padres doing what they're doing, the Dodgers doing. Look, you're you're, you're in St. Louis. You're going to develop that ace. And the rest has got to be what's urgent. What's urgent is you need three guys. You got got three guys. Now can you improve? That is Mo's task the rest of the offseason, which just started, by the way. Yeah, so let me ask you this. If if this is all that Mo is able to, to do and I'm not even going to suggest that this is all he wants to do because I really feel like John Mosellock probably wants to turn this ship around mm-hmm. I think he's kind of tired of the abuse <laughs> looking at Mo in the last little while the man has aged the man is aged you look at him a year and a half ago you know he's bronze he's got the the hair he's fine you know he's well kept all this stuff you look at him now he's still well kept but uh the, the bags under the eyes are a little bit more. The hair is a little more gray. He looks a little more tired. Like, 
Mo is in one at this point, mm-hmm. and I think he wants to turn that around. But back to my original thought is, do you think it has to be another starter, or can you go and bolster your bullpen, and that takes care of some of your problems? Like, I don't know. I, I, the answer is yes, it could be. You could bolster the bullpen more. You could also sign somebody, and like I said before, shift Steven Matz to the pen. You could do that. I, d- I just don't think that you're going to get you're not you're not going to build a championship rotation this offseason. I don't think I think that Mo and the, I don't know I don't have any inside information, but I'm reading the tea leaves here. When Mo talks about some of these guys wanting to sign on the coast, and there's nothing that the, the Cardinals can do about that, something tells me that he already knows Yamamoto is headed to one of the coast. And we know that Aaron Nola was not he wasn't wasn't a reality. He was gonna yeah. he was gonna resign with the Phillies. He just wanted to hear his right number, and he did. I don't think that Blake Snell is coming to the Midwest. Just my thoughts, just my opinion. I think he knows that Yamamoto is likely to go to the West Coast, and it doesn't matter how much that you know Newt hangs out with him and how close the the you know those two guys' mothers are. Whatever. I don't think it has anything. Yeah, apparently they're best friends. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think he knows. Did not know that. He's going. He's going to the West Coast. So you ask me, can can Mo will Mo upgrade the bullpen or continue to add from the rotation? I think it all depends on who wants to come here, who the Cardinals are interested in, and then you can start making some moves that way. Marsh, Anthony, go ahead, Jamie. Anthony, would you be happy if the Cardinals were able to bump Stephen Matz to the bullpen? Depending on who they got, sure. Yeah, and add Rich Hill to this rotation. No, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I don't I see how that's it. a move. Yeah, that's a. I don't even know if that. I don't even know if you're stepping sideways on that one, Jamie. I'd, <laughs> I'm just I'd ra- being an ass. I'd rather see Stephen Matz. I don't know. Try to stay healthy. Uh, but by the way, speaking of Stephen Matz, and this is why I accidentally said Stephen Matz as opposed to Sonny Gray because I saw this report too. The Cardinals, according to Michael Marino, the Cardinals have put Steven Matz uh, on the trade block. Mm. Uh, take, take that for what it, for what it's worth. Maybe they see another... For Steven Matz? I, nothing. Oh, nothing. I got a guy who's been injured for an entire season and half of another. Boy, sign me up. Yeah, you're dumping salary at that point. Yeah, who's taking it? You're dumping a guy. You're opening up another spot in your rotation. Which All I don't... the guys that Mo has fleeced are already fired. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, <laughs> the guy in Colorado's done... The the graveyard uh, has been picked over too much in Boston. You're right, uh, Stephen Stephen Matz. Right now, unless uh, you're right, you're not going to get anything. I'd rather see him just go to the bullpen because you yeah, do need you do need to upgrade the bullpen. I agree. And look, if if you get a version of Stephen Matz, let's say spring training rolls around, and Stephen Matz looks like he did for that period of time here last season, when he's healthy and he was he was pitching very well. Yeah. Let's just be honest. He was pitching very well for it was a short amount of time, but it was still very good pitching. If you can get that out of Steven Matz, I mean, at least you have a serviceable guy at the bottom of your rotation, if that's the case. Very true. Marsh, you have been our guy that's that's uh, more frustrated. I saw some of your tweets. Uh. <laughs> so He's are angry. Do you do you fall into the category of being ticked off today after the Cardinals signed Sonny Gray? I mean, it, and I've been saying this, you know, in the office and whatnot, but I think in a vacuum, it's a really good signing. I'm glad that they went out and got Sonny Gray. That was the guy that 
we had been talking about for a while that we thought that they were going to get, and they ended up getting him. So kudos to them for actually getting a decent pitcher um, who was a runner-up for the AL Cy Young Award. So, I mean, you can't you can't knock him for that by any means. I just think when you look at this rotation as a whole and you look at the players that we have on our team, like this is not a this is not a World Series team. Like you look at the other not even te- close. Not even close. Like you look at a lot of the other teams in the National League and just in Major League Baseball and as a whole, they're they're not even in the same realm. Not even in the same realm. Sonny Gray's your ace. He's your number one guy. He's not an ace. He's not. He's not. Let's let's not even let's not even call him one. He's not an ace. He's not. I don't know. You don't have an ace. The whole Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson signings. Looking at it now, why did you need two of those guys? Why not one? Because I wonder if they're they're they've got one more one more move coming for the rotation, and Matts is going to be bumped. Then that's fine. That's fine. And maybe he ends up getting traded. You dump some salary, and you can use that to either bolster your bullpen or mm. get another starting pitcher. We still have to see how it works out. I'm just not excited about this team. I'm not. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's fair. Shame, Andrew. I mean, I think that's fair. You shouldn't be excited. I'm in, not. In terms of them winning a World Series or a pennant or even a playoff series at this point. We don't even know what's got to start somewhere. I, I completely agree. We don't even know don't what, what the Cubs are going to do in terms of yeah. you know, signing players, trading for players. Obviously, it sounds like, you know, or from what they did, bringing in Craig Council, they're, they're going to probably be somewhat of aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty decent last year. They almost made the playoffs if they didn't. You know, screw up at the end of the year like they usually do. But oh, wow, I guess you're not that down on the Cardinals. Are you still taking shots at well, the old Cubs? I, I mean, I got to do something here to to raise my spirits. But sure, um, I don't know. I just I just think that right now this team is not where I want it to be, and so I'm very cautious heading right. into the year. Fair enough. Mm. Want to hear from you? Leave us a mic drop. You can always. Text us if you want to. The Air Comfort Service text line is up and going. I know it's it's probably very active at this point. Would love to actually hear some mic drops, though. What do you what do you want to say to us? What do you want to say just overall? You could shout it into the ether today. Maybe Mo's listening. Who knows? What do you want to say to him? Leave us a mic drop. We'll be here until six o'clock. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN where it's 216. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Let's uh, let's continue this conversation about Sonny Gray and where the Cardinals go from here. Because Jamie had mentioned something before about them not being done. I don't think they are either. But what is the next move? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Maybe their philosophy is about trying to get to that trade deadline to make maybe make a move or two to kind of increase and bolster their, their rotation at that point. Maybe they're just trying to get through the first half of the season without making huge mistakes, being super low in the sand things, all of that stuff. Maybe they're positioning themselves for a late push in the year with a, maybe a trade or two. Who that would be? No idea. But that might be their philosophy going into this season. All right, so that was Tavon, I believe. Leaving a smart drop. 
Jamie, they've had that philosophy before, and and I'm not saying that Tavon is uh, he agrees with that philosophy or whether or not you know he's he's right or wrong. If the Cardinals are waiting until the trade deadline to make a move, I think that's a mistake. You have to be proactive. You have to realize what's available right now in the international market as well as the free agent market and assemble your team based on what's available right now. I think if you wait and see what's what's available, what if you're out of it again? Are you trading again? What if you're average? You're going to give up big-time prospects in order to make some splashy move for a rental player when you're you know, stuck around 500? I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would use the trade the, the trade market as another opportunity at that time to improve your team. I would not bank on it though. What about you? Yeah, no. Look at if you're if you're sitting there waiting for the trade deadline, like that's just ludicrous for me. Because to your point, look what happened this year. You were out of a month into the season, you needed to make a trade. You needed to do something. And who the heck is dealing with you at that point? Yeah. Nobody. And what's available? Well, teams don't even know what they are yet. So how can how can they be dealing at that point? Any of the players that are worth trading for have probably already been traded in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So that window between the first day of the season to the trade deadline, there is very little action that happens in the baseball world as far as trades from team to team. So, no, you can't sit there and just be like, well... We'll give it the old college try here, and um, come the deadline, though, we'll make moves if we're competitive. Right? No, no, it's stupid. It, yeah. It's 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 illogical. You're kicking the can. Way. You're kicking the can down the road. Yeah, a hundred percent. So for me, the strategy is the same one as it's always been: um, take a sledgehammer to the house fly. And I don't mean just throwing a ton of money out there because it's obvious that the Cardinals are probably not going to be able to swim in the same, in the waters of the Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Yamamoto especially now that they've signed three free agents, I don't know what's left of the internal budget that could be accessed. Mm -hmm. So you have to get aggressive in the trade market. You have to get aggressive, and it might cost you a player that you think is a part of your team, that helps your team. But you have to look at the importance of, let's say, a utility-ish player or a young bopper as opposed to a maybe a franchise starting pitcher right like you have to look at some of these things and consider you know your options at that point but for me i think it would be a huge mistake standing pat and waiting for the trade deadline yeah you know jamie i i think that the cardinals you had you had mentioned this before have the have the cardinals improved since last season absolutely i that's 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 not debatable i, I saw some tweets saying well they're not much better rotation wise than what they were a year ago that's come on really did, we, did, did you see that rotation last right year is terrible it was terrible yeah. and i don't want to highlight certain certain guys or the whole the whole rotation was bad outside of jordan montgomery so you did improve the question is are you going to continue to improve what's next this is where i think cardinals fans have it dead on with the rotate with the with the front office the whole idea of them not spending money, no, they're just not spending as much money as you would like them to. It's, there's that, that's, that's a difference. But where Cardinals fans, I think, have, have been spot on is when this team feel, feels like it has addressed its needs, it stops. And it infuriates me. And it infuriates Cardinals fans. And, then, Jamie, I wonder if you feel the same way. But this is an opportunity now 
where you came out of the gates like a bat a bat out of hell. Can we debate whether or not you should have got Kenta Maeda as opposed to either Lance Lynn or Kyle Gibson? Sure. I don't know if Maeda wanted to sign with the Tigers or he didn't want to sign with the Cards. I have no idea. We're not privy to that information. I do know that Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson wanted to be here. How do I know? They signed here. I don't know the Cardinals were interested. They signed them. So you came out of the gate strong. You got you got three starters now after adding Sonny Gray. Look at your rotation and ask yourself one fundamental question. How can I improve on it now? Because you have a lot of runway until the until game one of next season. That is the that is the only question I think the Cardinals should be asking themselves over and over and over again. How do we improve upon this? You just improved upon what you did last last year from a rotation standpoint, especially where you ended. But how do you improve on the current five that you have now? That is a vital question because if you don't, then I think you're, you're going to get a lot more frustration coming from Cardinals fans, and rightfully so. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I just wonder, you know, I, if the Cardinals, and hear me out on this, and this is just me spitballing here, is there another 2-3 pitcher out there that you could trade for that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg? I'm sure there is without without a list in front of me. I don't know, but I'm sure there is. Would that satisfy you? I, 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 I'm, I'm not talking World Series. I'm talking maybe winning a playoff round, and if you're lucky, maybe you get to a pennant round. But there's a 2-3 out there, and you add them to your rotation. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's not what we want to hear, but yeah. I'm also trying to think logically here based upon the information that I know that's been provided by the DeWitts, which is the probably at the max internal budget right now right I, I so if there's another two three out there does that do it for you uh so i would not i no, i would not be satisfied whatsoever no okay but would i be would i be encouraged about this team building a team built this front office building a team the right way yes does that make sense i wouldn't be satisfied if they added if they added a number three but if that number three was better than Matts or Lynn or Gibson, yes, I would. That is that is to me how you build a team. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking is you bring in somebody who bumps down the rotation. Yes, you know, kind of lowers everybody so that your your four, who's truly a five, becomes a five, mm-hmm. and your five, who's a six, is actually a six. Sure. Like, to kind of you know create the proper pecking order, and then hear me out on this one. What if internally you have a surprise? You're not banking on it, right. but what if internally, like McGreevy or Graceffo come up in spring training and they're like, they're ready. Sure. They're ready for the big times. Zach Thompson in the off season goes to the pitching lab, all this stuff comes back and you're like, woof, we thought there was something there. Now there is something there. That is how you go, yeah, Jamie, what you just described, that is how you go from uh, to, oh, okay, it's your internal options. You just, But you're right, you can't bank on it right now. We want your mic drops. What, what are your thoughts on the Sonny Gray signing? What are your thoughts on the Cardinals right now? I mean, there's a lot of Cardinals fans that were saying, do something now, Mo, and he signed three guys, and it's like, oh, not, wait, no, I, don't, I didn't want that. 
Why are you frustrated? Why are you ticked off? Maybe maybe you're on the opposite side of things. You're you're more in line with what Jamie and I are saying and saying, okay, well, I know this is not a World Series team. I know they're not close, but they are heading in the right direction. What are your thoughts? We want your mic drops. So we'll continue to take your mic drops. Go ahead, Jamie. And then when we do discuss this, I have another option that's so simple and so easy. I'll tell everybody about it. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Anthony, I'm not upset about the signing of Sonny Gray. What I'm upset about is he's a number two. We have about a half a dozen number fours and fives, and that's not going to get it done. We're going to have to do something to help that pitching staff. They're just, they cannot get by with what they've got at the bottom end of the rotation. They're going to have to go out and make a deal. It may hurt, but they're going to have to get it done, or they're just going to see the same stuff as we had last year. That was Edward who left us a mic drop. Edward nailed it. He's absolutely right. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stelter's fast lane on 101 ESPN. I, I completely agree with Edward, 100%. I like the, si- the signing of Sonny Gray. I think Sonny Gray's a really good pitcher. Is he a little bit older? Yeah. But he, fi- he has figured it out later on in his career. He was solid in Oakland. It became overwhelmed after the Yankees acquired him, but then went to Cincinnati, pitched well for them. Minnesota, excellent. He threw, he threw the... Uh, that that sweeper last year that was virtually unhittable. Sonny Gray's a really good pitcher. In and of itself, as Marsh said early, earlier on the show, in a vacuum, Sonny Gray makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals. He improves the rotation. But Edward nailed it. Bottom of the rotation, not good enough. Top of the rotation, not good enough. If you're looking to compete for more than just the NL Central, which the Cardinals should be trying to compete for more than just the NL Central. All right, Jamie, without further ado... You said they, yeah. uh, there's a there's another simple move that the Cardinals could make. Yeah, there is. But before we get to that, Anthony, um, I want to address something else really quick. Did Andrew Marsh get a haircut? Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I did. Just yeah. Saw yeah, nobody. The camera. There we go. Pop on there, Marshy. I just and I looked. I thought maybe he had a ponytail no. in at first, mm. and I was like, no, that's not Marshy. Buddy, what? You cut all your locks off. What's going on? Talk to me. People are furious, too. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can't see it right now, but I think it looks pretty good. Look, I'm not like, disputing that it looks good. It's like the but... sunny. It's like the sunny gray signing. It, it, <laughs> in a it vacuum. Looks, it, in a vacuum, it looks good. <laughs> yeah. big, big picture. I think people are upset. I need to switch switch some stuff up. You know, ever since I've been growing the 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 lettuce out, uh, my teams have been terrible. So I uh, needed to switch something up. I uh, had the mustache going for a little bit. Got a little scruff going on. Just needed a new look, right? So wow. heading into this season, I just needed to switch it up, Jamie. And I'm sorry that. You know, maybe I disappointed you. No, oh, no you wow. didn't disappoint me, but it's clearly in your contract that any uh, physical changes that you make have to be cleared by Anthony and I because, mm. let's be honest, we brought you on as the man candy, and you know, this affects <laughs> things a little bit. As soon as the YouTube uh, channel was flipped on, Marsh, yeah. you have got to approve everything. Jamie's right. This is, yeah. this is in your contract. Wow. Man. We might have to get a wig for the time being until we can, you know, <laughs> legally sort Figure this out. Figure something out. Yep. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Speaking Jamie. of figuring things out, there's still a, there's a pitcher out there that is available, 
It's not Yamamoto. Oh, boy. Okay? Not Yamamoto. I know where you're going. Can I interest you? <laughs> yeah. And in a Trevor, Trevor Bauer. Bauer. <laughs> yes. But, but, uh, it, yes, You of know course. what? It makes yes. more sense now than ever, Anthony. Yeah. And I know that some of the listeners, are, they still get appalled by the, the two words, Trevor Bauer. I don't even know if we're there. I don't even know if they're, we're there anymore. I don't even know. But uh, how, what would it take? It would cut, like almost nothing mm-hmm. to get this guy to sign. Even if it was $10 million that you had to give up. Yeah. Even if. He's a legit number one. And his numbers that to finish in the KBO last year were off the charts. I understand it was a KBO, but he wasn't allowed to play anywhere else, so he got to take what you can, right? He would be an automatic number one. Can you imagine Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Steven Matz, Zach Thompson? Like this is now, now you've got a, a bucket of rotation where you're like, I, we're solid here. Because yeah. you can move Zach Thompson to the bullpen. You can move Steven Matz to the bullpen. Yeah, Jamie, I, I have pushed I've been the the person that has probably pushed back on this this idea the most. You don't you don't have a number one. You don't have anything close to a number one. I I think Sonny Gray is a perfect complementary to a, a number one. You're you're to the point where you're desperate. The next ace He's coming through the, the, the farm system. I, I don't know who it is. I don't even know if he's currently within the farm system. But you have to develop those guys, as, as, as I continue to say. But if you want a number one, yeah, it, it's, it's Bauer. And now that Lance Lynn is in this clubhouse, too, if, if Trevor Bauer gets out of line and he's, he's a, a little bit of an Arizona Diamondback, Lance Lynn can choke him out. I'm good with that. Yeah, and let's not forget that Yachty is going to be around this team. Okay, what capacity? We don't know. But I do know from very good sources, very good sources, that I talked to somebody in California who knows Yachty very, very well. Mm -hmm. And they said that he's absolutely going to be a part of the organization. They're just trying to work out how much time he can spend with the organization. Because we obviously knew, and that was my biggest question, is Yachty prepared to be a bench coach? No, he's not. He wants to do all the things that a bench coach does do so he could be a, a huge help to the staff. But it's not going to be at a full-time basis. But if you have a guy like Bauer, you have Yachty, you have Lance Lynn, like you've got some 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 people there now that can kind of regulate. And everybody's making this thing up to be, you know, the Trevor Bauer thing. This guy is got to be in full reclamation mode. And if that's the case, like his agent should sew his lips shut and just tell him to go pitch. Right. Yeah, you want to. So I don't see why it? you. Ha- yeah. I don't see why you don't kick the tires on it. And if he's asking for a stupid number or if he talks in a certain way that you already know it's going to be a problem, you hang up the phone, man. Mm-hmm. That's all. All right, that's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. I feel like you got – now that you got out the, the, the Bauer thing, like it's it's once a week. You just got to <laughs> get it out and then – I, you know I know. I don't think you're crazy. Don't patronize me. Like I that, don't okay? think you're crazy, but I do think you need just the one once a week. It's a little. But now it makes more sense than ever, Anthony. It sure. It certainly does. I'm with you on that. I don't like your attitude. Oh, what did I just say? I'm good now. I thought I Lance missed you. Lind. I don't. <laughs> you know I you don't. didn't miss me. Come on. No, not at all. Now, especially with that look and you waving your hand at me, just what? brushing me off. Block I, you, Jamie. I could still be fighting you on this. I'm not. Oh, but it's worse now. You're just rolling over and giggling. 
No, I, it's not good like that. I'm not. I'm rolling. Don't you over. roll over and fake it on me, Anthony? I, I would never, Jamie. I would never. Go All blank right. yourself. It's a thank you. Yes, thank you. That's the six one eight. It's the fast line on one one ESPN. We. We're still going to take your mic drops throughout because there's going to be a lot of Cardinals, uh, but we are going to sneak in some other stuff here, including your St. Louis Blues picking up a win against the Blackhawks, 4-2. That was needed coming off the 8-3 loss to the Preds, but you've won three of their last four. We haven't really checked in on on Jamie's thoughts on the Blues of late. We'll get those next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Avers onto the check, runs into the body of Kevin Korczynski. And the puck cleared ahead. It comes to Neighbors. Stick checks his way to the puck. He shoots. He scores. Jake Neighbors burned his way to a breakaway. And he tucks it in. Neighbors in front. He shoots. He scores. He got the feed from Butch Navich. Jake went to the middle of the ice. And it's a 4-1 St. Louis lead. Jake's second goal of the game. Chris Kerber on the call yesterday. Jake Neighbors had himself quite a game yesterday against the Blackhawks. Or was it Saturday? I'm losing my, my days now. It was, yeah. Uh, neighbors, two goals for the for the Blues in that 4-2 victory over the Blackhawks. It was an important game because you wanted to make sure that you, you rebounded from the ugly performance against Nashville. Uh, but, Jamie, this team has won three of their last four. And I feel like we haven't really checked in with your thoughts uh, on the Blues. What it, what's your temperature now that the Blues are three, eight, and one, and they got twenty three points, which is fourth right now in the Central behind the Avs, the Stars, and the Jets? I think for me, uh, for me, I'm good right now with the Blues. I think that they're still figuring some things out. I think that one thing that they figured out through a stretch of three, three out of the four games is that they have to stick to their defensive structure. If they don't stick to the defensive structure, they give up too many high-danger opportunities and equals too many goals. Mm-hmm. You had five goals against San Jose, five against L.A. You had, what, another five against the Coyotes, then eight against the Predators. And the wheels had kind of fallen off a little bit defensively. And talking to Craig Berube about it, just on the side, nothing official, just talking about the team. And he was just very matter-of-fact. Look, at we're not... We're not in the position defensively where we need to be. Our sticks aren't good right now. We're not competing enough through the neutral zone. We're not helping each other out. And it's just a reset that you need. Not like a reset of like punishing guys and things like that. Just you got to every five, six games, you have to kind of have another team meeting and start, you know, reinforcing your core values as a team defensively. And I think that's where the Blues were at. And then we saw a much better defensive effort against the Chicago Blackhawks team. Mm -hmm. Now, I get it. They're the worst team in the division. But that doesn't mean they're not good offensively, just because they're bad in the standings. You know, they've got a young guy named Connor Bedard that is having a pretty good rookie season right now for the Blackhawks, and he can be a handful at times. He wasn't a handful yesterday for the Blues. They did a great job of nullifying him uh, as far as his offense is concerned. And you've managed to, in the process, stumble upon a couple of lines that you really like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden. And Craig Berube kind of tore it down after the Nashville game, and justifiably so. Boy, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. It was tough to uh, to call. It was tough to watch. It was tough all around. 
a struggle bus on that one. I can hear tell it you. in your voice. The way, yeah. you're, the way you're describing it is it's like you lost a friend. It's like, uh, boy, that was a hard one to overcome. <laughs> that was tough. It, I'm not well, going to lie. That, Anthony, hit me, that hit me emotionally. It was the first blowout I've had to call. And uh, on the wrong side, you know, of course. Yeah. And, uh, Jamie, that's going to happen. Are, it's, oh, I know what's going to happen. Doesn't mean it's easy, though. And it wasn't. But they regrouped and, and managed to get the win in Chicago. And, again, talking about the lineup, you know, Craig Berube has managed to find something that really works right now. Jake Neighbors playing with Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich really works right now. And, and you know, you, from there you've got Robert Thomas playing again with confidence. He's moving the puck extremely well. His passes are crisp. They're tape to tape. Pavel Buchnevich is playing great in all aspects of the game. He's got four power play goals now. Your power play stunk all season long. Starting to pick up here right now. Starting to look a little bit more like it should. But Pavel Buchnevich still has four power play goals. I think the team has six. Yeah. I think overall. So, you know, Pavel Buchnevich is doing a pretty good job. He's also got two shorthanded goals. Mm -hmm. So he's got six goals on power play and penalty kill. Um, so Buch is heating up. And then Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors had two goals against the Blackhawks. He could have had five. I'm not kidding you. I was laughing with Jake walking to the bus after the game yesterday. And I told him, like, you literally could have had four goals. He's like, I know. He was, like, so ticked off at himself. He missed an open net. And then he's like, Otter told me he'd hit a stick. But I think he just said that to make me feel better. <laughs> like, it's just like but, you know, the young man is having a really good time right now playing hockey. And I thought it might be out of his league to this early in his career put him up to the first line and ultimately it may not be where he stays but if nothing else he's proved to himself and the team that he can play there you know and what I like about Jake's game is that he's very straightforward gets to the dirty areas he gets in on the forecheck he's retrieving pucks for those other two guys and then he gets to the front of the net and he gets rewarded he's got deflection goals he's got goals standing in the middle of the ice like he, he knows what to do out there and I just, I really like his energy on that line as well. And let's not forget here, too, that we haven't mentioned this yet. This is the dad's trip. Mm. All the Blues dads are on the trip. And the Blues are now 8-1-1 one, and one when the dad's trip happens. And it's almost like they know that if they screw up, dad's going to have a little stern talking to them right. when they get back to the hotel. Or they just they, they play with a little extra juice. Yeah, whatever it is, right? It's so that's been fun too, getting to know some of the dads and and talking to Ed Neighbors the other day. He was obviously on cloud nine with his boy scoring a couple of goals and playing on the first line and and things like that. So, it, I think the dad's trip came at a perfect time. You you, you get a tough loss against the Predators. Um, you have the Chicago trip. Now you got Minnesota here tomorrow night. I think that the Blues are starting to find the rhythm. For me, they're a wild card team. I've said it from the beginning. I've been steadfast that this team is a playoff team. Mm -hmm. The more and more on a nightly basis that I'm looking at the rest of the league, specifically the Western Conference, and I'm watching the Blues play, I truly feel like this is a playoff team. Jamie, going back to Jake Neighbors, do you think that this is his ceiling, or are we expected to see more from Jake Neighbors as the season goes on and as his career goes on? Yeah, I think this is kind of the ceiling right now. I mean, playing on the first line, What's he got? Seven goals here now. I think Jake Neighbors is a 20-goal scorer. I think that's his ceiling. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I've told you before, I compare him a lot to Ivan Barbashev. 
You know, a guy that can play in every situation, which Jake Neighbors is right now. He's playing on your power play. He's getting a regular shift, and he's penalty killing. He's a physical guy out there. He's not afraid to throw the gloves down. I mean, really, you could compare him to an Ivan Barbashev or a Braden Shen. I don't want to set the bar too high because Braden Shen has had a really long, successful career, and he's obviously the captain of the Blues right now. But there are a ton of similarities between Jake Neighbors, Ivan Barbashev, and Braden Shen. And if that's the case, if that's his ceiling being you know somewhere between where those two guys are or even at the level, then you've got yourself a pretty damn good hockey player. No doubt. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, we've got the Blues uh, tomorrow night as they take on the Minnesota Wild. That's going to be a 7 o'clock puck drop. Uh, we'll have the coverage for you pregame, of course, starting at 6 o'clock right after the Fastlane. Jamie will be on uh, Bally Sports Midwest for the Dad's Trip Blues and Wild tomorrow night with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. We're taking your mic drops on the Sonny Gray signing and where you you know where you're at right now on your Cardinals. Let's get back into that and we'll we'll hear some of your mic drops on what your thoughts are following the Sonny Gray signing earlier today. That's next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm not necessarily mad at the moves. Um, Sunny Gray is a very good move. But with Sunny Gray, you don't need at least one of the other two. And so that's just taking money away from something else they could potentially get. And this just reeks, of, reeks to me of more doing just enough to win the division. Enough to get to the playoffs. They don't need to do enough to get to the playoffs. They need to be focusing on trying to win in the playoffs. That's the problem. I don't like the whole mindset of get there and see what happens. No, you need to build to win in the playoffs. That was Timothy. He's he's absolutely right. Yes, of course. He's absolutely right. And it does somewhat reek of, oh, well, they're just trying to win the Central and get it again. They haven't really came off that line of thinking, Jamie. If you listen to some of the press conferences, there's still a hint of that. Hey, you never know what could happen. So if you're a Cardinals fan and you're thinking, well, they're, they're just trying to merely get into the playoffs by winning the Central, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that. And I do agree with Timothy when he talks about you have to eventually build a rotation that's going to compete with the likes of the big dogs. You haven't done that yet. But I do like the signing of Gray. I fall into the category of I don't mind the Lynn and the Gibson signings as opposed to, oh, I really like it. I don't mind them. You needed, you needed some starters. And as I said to you a couple of segments ago, Jamie, right now the question becomes, do the Cardinals kick their feet up on the desk and say, we've done it, we've checked all, the, we've met the needs, which has been the reputation for this team over the last how many off seasons? We're done. We're good. We, uh, needs checked. Needs fill, uh, have been filled. Are they going to do that? Or are they now – going to be proactive and say this is our rotation as of november 27th that doesn't mean that this is our rotation as of whatever the first game is how do we improve how do we improve on this is that your overline thinking too before we go there i want to ask you an honest question and not just you but even to the listeners who are listening right now that certainly have their own opinions 
uh, of the situation, but I need everybody to be honest for a second. Okay. And here's my question is two part question. One, at this point of free agency, did you think the Cardinals would have already signed three starters? And two, did you ever really truly think they'd even get a Sonny Gray? It's a good, those are two good questions. And be honest, I didn't think that they – I thought that there was a good chance they would sign Sonny Gray just because there, there was enough smoke, so had, there, had to be, there had to be fire. But I did not see them signing three guys right away. I thought they were going to slow play it. And my fear was they would get to the point where it's like, well, you know, we offered guys and they just didn't come here. And, you know, so we're, we're going to go with the internal options. That would have been, that, that to me was the worst case scenario. Signing three so, starters right now, early in free agency, not even close to the worst case scenario. In fact, I feel like they're, they're, they're being proactive. So that's kind of where I'm at with it is when Mo started off with this, we're going to sign three starters. Well, maybe we'll sign two starters. When it started to waver – a little bit and kind of the wheels started to shake and not fall off but you're like oh i don't know this ride isn't very good mm-hmm. i thought okay this is it we're, we're this is gonna implode we're gonna get rich hill and somebody else and that'll be it if we're lucky then he went and signed lance lynn and kyle gibson and i know they're not the blockbuster deals that everybody was expecting i'm fine i'm fine with with both of those guys in the rotation yeah I think that they'll be very serviceable pitchers. I actually never thought they'd get Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. I never thought Nola was a true possibility. I never thought Snell. I never thought Yamamoto. And I never thought they'd even get to Sonny Gray. Sure. And it's not that they wouldn't have ponied up the money. I just thought Sonny Gray is going to have several offers on the table. And he'll probably get his pick of the litter, which will drive the price up a little bit. And at that point, the Cardinals might have to tap out. Right. Because, you know, it's just a little too risky at that point. Yeah. So I'm not sitting here wanting to organize a party for Mo for doing such a great job. Plus, I'm also sitting here having to be completely honest in the fact that I feel like the Cardinals have done more than I thought they would do at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. Sonny Gray, I get it. He's, he's going to be 34, 35, 36 during, the, during this, this three-year deal. I understand that. He's not somebody, too, that, that has made 30-plus starts consistently. Finished in second. He finished second in the Cy Young race last year. Fin- I mean, pitched very well for a Minnesota team that not a lot of people had in the, in the postseason. How much good pitching did you get from Adam Wainwright? Not much last year, unfortunately. No, no. Okay. Let's, let me rephrase my question. How much good pitching did you get from Adam Wainwright, 36, 37, 38 years old? Uh, you got pretty good pitching. From him. Yeah, pretty good pitching. Mm-hmm. And I think Sonny Gray is leaps ahead of that mm-hmm. right now. He's younger, and I think he's got better stuff at this point in his career. I know, he's, I know he doesn't have Uncle Charlie. I get it. Not many people do. And that's fine. That's why it's his pitch. But he has other stuff. So if you were okay with Adam Wainwright and you thought that he was the pillar here, which he was, which was wrong. He shouldn't have been at that time, but he was. Sonny Gray makes sense. Sonny Gray could be a really great signing for the Cardinals. Will it satisfy everybody's appetite when it comes to wanting a number one or an ace? Of course it won't. It doesn't satisfy my appetite either. Yeah. But again, I'm going to go back to the fact that I'm still shocked that the Cardinals have signed three pitchers right now. Very true. 
Marsh, we got an interesting text for you, the Air Comfort Service text line. Yeah, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this from the 314. The worst thing that happened to the Cards was the San Diego Padres failing two years in a row. A small market club like the Padres going all in on payroll and big-name investments gave the Cardinals a potential model to follow but this ownership group will not make moves until all is proven to work and the Padres failing assured the DeWitts that spending money isn't the right way to go about all of this yeah, that, for the that, franchise that's a good that's a really good text i i would also i would expand on that though is that such a bad thing because it did fail and it failed miserably so isn't that a good window? Forget forget the DeWitt aspect of it, right? I understand that the tone is that of, oh, well, now the, De- the DeWitts don't have to spend a bunch of money because it didn't work for the Padres. I would argue if you're not a, a team like Philadelphia that's going to do it over and over and over again each and every offseason, you're going to bring in this, this big-time stud. If you're not going to do that, or like the Yankees, how they used to be, or the Red Sox, how they used to be. If you're if you're not going to be that, is that a good thing that you saw a a mid market to smaller market fail, doing what you hope the Cardinals would do, because it didn't work from a culture standpoint. It didn't work. They didn't build it the right way. Clearly, they didn't have enough pitching at the end of the day, and the pitching actually was was fine a year it was fine a year ago. A lot of the numbers were fine, but it just there was something missing there. I don't think that's the best way to build a baseball team. I think what's more sustainable is going through the drafts and building your core that way, which the Cardinals have attempted to do. I also think they've gotten away from that model, which is where they currently are now, which is why they're currently scrambling to put together a rotation because their ace, their future ace, is actually in Miami. One's in Miami and one's in Arizona. I don't I don't mind the Cardinals' approach to building a a team. They went sideways, though, chasing that big-time offense, and I don't think that that ultimately is how you win in in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, You know, I look at it from a variety of different angles, and the Padres failing is both a blessing and a curse for some Cardinals fans because – you know, now you feel like the Cardinals will never, ever get crazy like that. The same token, though, you have to look at it, the blessing side of it is at least now maybe your team won't just get irresponsible either and go sign all the wrong guys for a whole bunch of money. Right. Um, and the Padres aren't alone on Failure Island because the New York Mets, I know they're a big market team. It's not It's not apples to apples, but it kind of is when you look at how it ended up. Yeah. It ended up to be a disaster with the New York Mets. They had to sell off their two aces, Verlander and Scherzer, who were supposed to take them to the promised land. Yeah. Uh-uh, they were gone. And, you know, how many other guys did they're trying to cut bait with right now? Mm-hmm. The, the manager, the general manager, the, I mean, you name it. Everybody's been a casualty over there because – they just threw money at the problem, and they didn't find the right pieces that would like would mold well together. Sure. Uh, if you have ever listened to like Dave Ramsey, who's a radio personality, he's a, you know somebody that uh, big financial guy, right? He has talked about this before. Somebody gave him the advice of if you go back to the children's book, the the tortoise and the hare, 
and you really pay attention to what happened with the tortoise and the hare and understand that the tortoise always wins. You read that book over and over and over. Tortoise always wins. Hare never wins. It's very difficult in Major League Baseball to cut corners and win. And that's what I feel like the Padres did. They tried to cut corners. They they tried to do it in a way where, hey, if we just do this, that, and the other thing, we're going to get there faster. And they got off track. And they got distracted. Because it's not the ultimate way to win in Major League Baseball, especially if you're a market like that. And they lost. You do have to – there is a slow and steady – that go, that goes with building building a sustainable winner in baseball, and I think we can really focus in on where the Cardinals have gotten distracted in their own in their own model. But I also don't, to the ultimate point of the tax, I don't think the Padres quote unquote model is the right way. With that slow and steady you're talking about, yeah. at least for me, I'm not going to speak for the the fan base, but for me, I feel like there is a sense of urgency because of Arenado and Goldschmidt. And that's why I feel like fans are wanting a little bit more just because we feel like there is a window of opportunity to potentially win a World Series while you have these players because we right. do not know what is going to happen once those guys are not on the team anymore. Sure. I, there's, to me, Marsh, you're, you're, you're right, and I know there's a lot of textures that feel the same way you do. I've got no counter to that. Because you messed up in previous trades – specifically the Ozuna trade, you don't have the pitching now to match what you have with Goldschmidt and Arnato. In hindsight, had you not made that deal, knowing that maybe there was a better deal coming where you weren't, you didn't have to give up two aces, two eventual aces. I know they weren't aces at the time. Had you had the foresight, like, oh, well, you know, Colorado's GM is going to get hammered and I could, I could take advantage of him with the, the Arnato deal. I'll just hang on to this pitching. It would have matched up perfectly. But that's not the reality. I have no counter to, yeah, you're wasting Goldschmidt and Arnato. You're right. You're right. You better, you better hope that the moves that you made three years ago on some of these young pitchers, they pan out or else, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be wasted. I don't think there's any fast track to like, oh, if we just sign this guy and spend a whole bunch of money now, we won't waste Arnauto and Goldschmidt. I just don't think it works that way. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. Keep your your text coming into the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. What is it? 9649? 314-399-9646. I had it right the first time. I questioned myself, It's probably on the screen, Anthony. It's not. You're on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the screen my my uh i didn't trust my gut i i didn't have the screen up uh you know that mike Ryder puts together for us I'll perfectly just put the phone number on a yeah, piece thanks. of paper just hold it up the entire show jamie appreciate it i should know it off the top of my head anyways i say it enough uh but again if you want to text us you can if you want to leave us a mic drop man even better we love it. we're getting a lot of very interesting and great text uh, great uh, mic drops today so we'll continue that but saw a little fo- let's start with a little foosball Sorry, a little football here. Uh, you guys yes. go dealer's choice. You want college? You want college or pro first? What do you guys want to do? Oh, Anthony, just give it to me. Either way. All right. I prefer pro. Okay. But that's just my. I don't mind that's just amateur. me. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> no matter what, we I feel like we set him up. All right, we'll get into some of the happenings of uh, of yesterday, <laughs> including the Eagles coming from behind. Jamie coming from behind yep. to beat the that's Buffalo the way they like Bills. To do it. And other things that we learned here uh, next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Oh, boy. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick them. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Well, you sure know how to pick them. So we tied the Rizzuto show again for the the pick'em. So there will not be a celebration for the fast lane winning. Uh, there's also no drama when it comes to tonight's Bears-Vikings game. It will be me getting three shots at some point this oh, week. Oh, no. Yeah, I had a rough one yesterday, boys. I took a, I took so a, sorry. A fair, I had a fair amount of underdogs that did not come through. Uh, Texans. Uh, yeah, Browns. I had the Texans, the Browns, the Cardinals. So my oh. underdog came through. Yes, it did. On Thanksgiving, baby. <laughs> Marsh, the only I one, on two, uh, the only guy on two teams, the only person on two teams took took the the Packers over the Lions. When I saw that, I go, wow. And Jordan Law put on a show for yeah, the Packers. Yeah. Now, Marsh, you had talked about the moon being in some sort of quadrant that made sense and the lines are like 0 for 81 when the moon is in that quadrant I don't know yeah. what it was but you nailed so, it so this was actually I think Wednesday I saw a tweet uh this is from Jay Kuda uh since the Jeff a- Kuda Jay actually since the AFL NFL merger the Lions are 0 and 12 on Thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase the moon was in a waxing gibbous phase on Thursday. I switched my pick, and now they are 0-13. That's incredible. I I don't know how somebody like researches that, but whoever that was. <laughs> I don't know. Nice job, Jeff Okuda, former former yeah. corner for the Lions, I mean, now with the Falcons. Like, how do you even research that? I don't know. There is zero like, sports analytics behind yeah. that pick. It came down to the moon. <laughs> you just knew 0 for 12. That's all I, you knew. I saw 0 for 12. I said, ah, that checks out. Yeah. I'm switching my pick. Guys, speaking of moon. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we got to get into this. I know I'm all the way in Minnesota right now, but there was a little birdie that told me that uh, one person called Moon from the Rizzuto show thinks that we're up 8 to 3. It's 8, 3, and 2 right uh, now. 7, 3, Oh, and he thinks two. it's 7, 3, and 2. Right. Yeah. Moon, uh, not only are your picks been suspect to say the least, but your math is terrible too. He's actually been okay, uh, the picks wise, but the mo- the the no. the math. Are they winning, Anthony? No, they're not. No. Yeah. You and now they're lose cheating it. again. You win and lose the same. That's the they're thing. They're trying to cheat again. That's the thing. They they accuse us of cheating all the time. Every year there's something. And mm-hmm. I know that you guys were upset with me. I don't blame you for making the handshake agreement about hey, not changing the picks. After, you know, a certain point on Sunday, that has benefited us big time, by the way. We have not had to sweat out Monday nights and all that. I don't expect nope. an apology for, from, from you guys. I, you won't get it. I, the, I I don't expect one. I don't want one. You know, sometimes I'd leaders have to make tough decisions. And, uh, Jamie, I appreciate your vengeance and your, yeah. you know, your resentfulness. Nonetheless, they we, we have met certain agreements and we're so-called cheaters and then you got moon going on on their show today 105 7 the points in oh yeah it's seven 
Uh, Fastlane have seven wins. We have three, and there's two ties. Mm. The only thing we're right about was the two ties. It's eight, two, and two. Do the math on it. Go for it. It checks out. We have eight wins. You have two. There's two ties. And I'm just a little disappointed in Moon because all I hear him say constantly is he wants everything to be fair. He wants everything to be equal. He wants just fair competition. And then this guy is uh, is cheating. Yeah. Stop it's it. It's disgusting. It's right disgusting. I can't believe, and I can't believe that Riz is putting up with it. I mean, there's, look, Riz is a lot of things, okay? We can all agree about No that. doubt about that. Yeah, uh, a lot of things. What? Well, a lot. Uh, but one thing that he usually is is an honest competitor for the most part for the most part for the most part and i feel like moon has been dragging that that showdown with so many little discrepancies we mm-hmm. call them yeah and this is a huge one you don't just get to win a week you don't just add a week because your season's been terrible you gotta so earn that, it that's not our fault right you gotta earn it well you know why because now our magic number is one and we technically cannot lose so there's six weeks left we are up by six mm-hmm so you add that extra win on there, thinking that oh, if we win, if we win out, we'll right. win. No, no, that's not how it works. If you win out, you tie. Exactly. But good luck with that. Good luck. And hey, guys, by the way, I'm saying this now. First of all, we do st- we still have the individual punishments each and every week. So I've got three shots coming. Again, no no intrigue here. I stunk this week. Uh, and Jamie, you'll be happy to know that I did change from the uh, Giants to the Patriots before before kickoff yesterday so i cost us another win either way that's terrible so i'm gonna i'm facing three shots at some point this week we're we're doing the individual punishments however i want to embarrass them i don't want to win i want to embarrass them so when we win when the magic number is over and we know we won for the season i do not want anybody to take your foot off their foot off the off the pedal okay no i want to embarrass them leave no doubt okay yeah i've thought about this anthony i've had a lot of time of self-reflection here uh, on the road and mm-hmm. um one thing that i thought of is even if we end up winning you know in years past we've just like either stopped making the picks or some guys do some guys don't right that's not where i'm at this year no where I'm at this year is it's eight, two, and two right now. We have six weeks left. I want it to be 14, two, and two. Amen. That's the Jamie Rivers that I want to see each and every week. All right. Uh, big takeaway from yesterday. I don't know what Sean McDermott's doing at like at all. <laughs> you got you got Eagles, Bills. You know, there's there's a there's a there's been an anecdote. The Super Bowl that the Patriots won. The infamous, hey, you should have. The Seahawks should have ran Marshawn Lynch. The 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 you know everybody's focused on, hey, just hand the ball off. Okay, fine. There's also an anecdote there though, that Bill Belichick at one point, before the Malcolm Butler intercepted that pass from Russell Wilson, Bill Belichick looked over to Seattle's sideline and saw that it was in utter disarray. It was it was chaos, right? They're trying to get they're trying to get guys in and out, and he didn't call timeout. Everybody's screaming, call a timeout, call a timeout, call, get, you know, save some time. And he looked over and reportedly saw chaos on Pete Carroll's sidelines. So he said, let it go. And the Seahawks eventually lost that game, caught, shot themselves in the foot because they made, they, they made the wrong decision. They panicked. If you're Sean McDermott 
and it's a driving rainstorm. And Jake Elliott's about to attempt a 59 or 69 yard or a 60 yarder at that point. Don't call timeout. Let the let the chaos <laughs> ensue. Why are you giving them an opportunity to set up again for Elliott to calm his nerves? The Buffalo Bills lost that thing 14 times yesterday. They, they, that was a, that was a clear win. And credit Jalen Hurts, what a performance again! But Josh Allen, say for one interception, played his ass off, and you cost him another win. You cost your team another win. Let the Eagles go out there, run out there within in chaos in a driving rainstorm. You had the thing sewn up. Well, you know the refs are helping the Eagles out. You know, a horse collar. That was His a horse jersey collar. Was ripped that, off. Was, that was a horse collar. That was bad. But that's one play. Still. You're the Bills. You can't lose that game. No. You were in control. Con- complete control. But how about this Eagles team? You, you, you're you losing for 50 minutes straight again. In a game you had no business winning. Two straight weeks. And then you found a way to win. Because Jalen Hurts is Superman. Are they a bad one-loss team? Or are they just a good team that finds ways to win? I can't say they're bad at all. I think they find ways to win. Mm-hmm. I think they find ways to win. And Jamie's Lions team find ways yeah. to lose. Jared Goff. If you if if I didn't know better. Had money on the Bears. And, your face. and the Packers. And the Packers the last two weeks with his performance. Alright, we didn't dive too, too deep into yeah. uh, the NFL. Brandon Staley week. thanks you. Brandon Staley. <laughs> They're so bad. They're so bad is right. Alright, uh, back to back to Are your the, mic drops. Go ahead. Broncos Jamie. a playoff team? They might be. They might be. I said, are the Broncos a playoff team? Yeah, they might be, Jamie. I mean, <laughs> you the first time. Yeah, six and five. five. Six and, and five. They have now. a pretty easy schedule. I watched them yesterday. They don't. They they, they stopped beating themselves. They took. They took. You know. They kind of let Russell Wilson just do a, a couple of things throughout the course of the game. Manage the game throughout. They're not turning the ball over. They're forcing a bunch of turnovers, and they're and they're winning. And that Browns team can't win on the road. I don't know what I, as I watched that game unfold in the first quarter yesterday. I go, why didn't why did I pick the Browns? They can't win on the road. They're a much different team at home. Unreal. I like Sean Payton though. Uh, Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. That's the the rest of the schedule for the Broncos. So I don't know. That's the, I know. It's an interesting question. All right, uh, back to back to the Cardinals. Back to Sonny Gray, back to your mic drops, back to what what else needs to be done here. A lot needs to be done still, but we'll dive into it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think at this point, they need to sign Trevor Bauer. We've got enough older character guys, especially in this rotation now with the recent signings. Sign Bauer to a short-term prove-it contract. Maybe we get a stuff out of him while also still pinching them pennies. That was Luke, Jamie's brother, um, echoing <laughs> something that Jamie been has been saying now for many months. Go ahead, Jamie. Yep. Well, was... Anthony, see, here's how it works. Uh-huh. Is you have a number one out there, possibly an ace, just sitting out there right now. 
probably would take a low ball offer ish. Go get him. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it. Uh, Jamie, you, you you've asked a couple of of interesting questions. You've asked whether or not Cardinals fans, if they're being honest, if they felt that the Cardinals, you know, if you were asked if you were to ask them a month ago. Whether or not they would believe that the Cardinals would be this active in free agency this early, you know, what what would they think if you went back a month from now, or, or if they even would have, you know, signed Sonny Gray? What what are your thoughts if if you were said that if you were told that uh, a month ago? I got an important question for you though. Do you honestly oh, believe okay. that the Cardinals will sign Bauer? Because no. I don't. No, it's it, it's completely out of character for them, and I it, I understand it. I do, because the Cardinals don't really like any kind of controversy whatsoever surrounding their organization. Quite honestly, last year, the whole Wilson Contreras thing was, whoa, that was wild. It was such a controversy in Cardinal Nation, and it was really nothing. You know what I mean? Like Randy Rosarena, whether you believe it or not, I don't know. He shared a video, and I don't think that's the main reason he was traded, but I think that it certainly was on the list of reasons why maybe they moved on from him. Yeah. So... For John Mosellock and the DeWitts to even sit down with Trevor Bauer and have a conversation, I don't think they'll do it. But I do think that's a mistake. I think that not talking to the guy and just trying to figure out where he's at, I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think that when you you have a fan base that you truly owe uh, an effort to, Year after year, the fans show up and they wear their cardinal red and the birds on the bat. I think you have to kick every tire in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And right now, Trevor Bauer is a tire that's out there. And some people will like the idea. Some people will hate the idea. But this is why it's a controversial thought. And this is why it's also, for me, low-hanging fruit because you might be able to get them at a bonus deal, which means you know very little for the team as far as finances are concerned. And maybe you sit down with them and you structure it to where it's like a $4 million deal. But every month that he's on the team, it's an extra million dollars. Every 10 games, it's an extra 500,000. So he can peak out at somewhere around 10 to 12 million for the season, yeah. if for lack of better words, if he's at his best behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, uh, there's there's other people that agree with you, but I ultimately agree in what what you responded with, which is that I don't think that the Cardinals are gonna are gonna sign him. I think I just it's it's not in them. Yeah. So, uh, kind of moving away from Trevor Bauer, we've talked about it at the beginning of the show and just you know the past couple of segments, but I think we all agree that this rotation now is better than it was last year. Correct. Correct. So, but yes. but is it good enough to? win the division. I know we keep saying, well, now it's good enough to win the division. I mean, they were 20 games under 500. Mm -hmm. Is this rotation now going to get you back to 500, or is it going to win you the division? Yeah, it's a fair question. I I don't know. I don't think they should be favored to win the division if if everything lines up right now the the way it is for the Cardinals. I I think I I have to believe that the Cubs are going to be more active in free agency. Well, a couple things you have to be aware of. The Cubs might go get Otani and Yamamoto. Mm Mm-hmm. And it might be in that order, too, because Yamamoto expressing himself about Japanese players and you know being familiar with certain things. I could see the Cubs going, okay, we'll go get Shohei Otani. Oh, and by the way, Shohei, pick up the phone and tell Yamamoto we'd like to talk to him. 
And that would be a disaster for the Cardinals because obviously those would be two massively impactful players. Now, let's just delete that from the equation. Let's just pretend it never happens. Mm-hmm. No, you're not a favorite to win the division. <laughs> you're not. Right. I mean, you, what, what have you proven? Nothing yet. Like, okay, you have a piece of paper with some names on it that some older dudes can pitch a bunch of innings. Great, that's awesome. But yeah. can they pitch good innings? Right. Can Lance Lynn go through a season and not lead the league in home runs given up? I'd rather not see that. Mm-hmm. Can Kyle Gibson repeat what he did last year? I sure hope so. Love the guy. Think he'd be awesome for the clubhouse. But to be determined. Yeah. Can Sonny Gray be a number one, a true number one? Because that's what he's going to have to be on your in your rotation mm-hmm. as it sits. I don't know. Yeah. So, no, there's no way you can sit there and say that this team is well, earmarked to be winning the division yet. There's still lots of work to do. And let, I haven't even gone to the bullpen yet. <laughs> right. So, the, the but listen, the, 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 the rotation last year was a big part of the problem. So was the damn bullpen. Mm-hmm. The bullpen led the league in blown saves, if I'm correct. Yes. If, if that's the if that's what you, like you you've got to go solidify your bullpen too so you can't just like fix one flat tire when you have two the car's still gonna run like crap yes so you got you got to fix both flat tires in order to get that thing going in the right direction right here's another question this one's from the 618 is the pitching staff better than you thought last year's was heading into last season? Now we know what it was last year. Hmm. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, is this pitching staff better than what we thought last year's was going to be? Yeah, not not for me. Uh, I do not for me. I looked at last year and you had Jordan Montgomery, mm-hmm. you had Jack Flaherty. These guys are supposed to be number one, number two, somewhere in there. Right. You had Miles Michaelis coming off a good season. You had well, you had Stephen Matz and Adam Wainwright, which to me were the big question marks. Mm-hmm. But Wayno had seemed very confident that he had figured out what was going on from the comeback off the leg and all that stuff. And so you think to yourself, okay, Wayno is a number four, given me what he's kind of given me in the last year and a half. That's fine. Steven Matz was the question mark. But the top end of that rotation looked better to me than what this does right now. I think, but, it, but I, to me, there was too many question marks last year. But there's still question marks. There, okay, Think about there, this. The only thing you're sure of is Sonny Gray, probably, right? I know what Lance, Lance Lynn is. Lynn, you know what he is, but do you? Yeah. You do? Yes. I think so what you, you know I he's th- going to give up a, a bunch of home runs, and you're okay with that? I'm not okay with him giving up a bunch of home runs, but I do know he's going to give up. He's going to give up home runs. He's going to get strikeouts, and he's, he's going to give you, you know, 30-plus starts. So what if there's a drop-off? Because uh, age happens. You're you're right, but uh, when I look at this this starting rotation, don't let's not mi- let's not mix words here. I'm not saying this this rotation. I'm not mixing anything, Anthony. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Stop mixing, and then you'll see the bottom of it. Okay, I'm not. What does that even mean? I don't know. What does that even mean? I don't know. I just played off what you said. <laughs> when it when it comes to this starting rotation, I, I I'm not saying that it's oh this is yeah this is great this is a this is a quality rotation. No, I'm saying it's got it's got fewer questions than it did a year ago. I it also has a lot of older guys. It, it's which cer- had last year. It certainly does. But Jack Flaherty, Jack Flaherty was was still a big question mark last year. He was. I we we could talk about oh the upside and all that, but there was a there was a downside and we saw it. Jack Flaherty wound up being kind of mid for the Cardinals. And then he went to Baltimore, and the bottom fell out. There was a lot of questions with Jack Flaherty, whether or not he could stay healthy. 
there weren't as many questions about Montgomery and Michaelis heading into the season. Matt, absolutely. Wayno, absolutely. Wainwright's previous seven starts the, the year prior were were not good. And then we went into the season as, asking the same things because of the question questions about his spring training injuries. So I think there's more questions there. Kyle Gibson, we know what he is. Lance Lynn, we know what he is. Sonny Gray, we know what it is. No, no, no. Who he is? I think the questions now yeah. are Matts and Michaelis. Is Michaelis going to be the guy that he was every other month last year, or, or you know, was he going to be the good Miles Michaelis, or is he going to be the the horrendous one? So, so the, but Anthony, the question was going into last year and going into this year. Mm-hmm. The question wasn't knowing what you know about last year and now going into this year. That's not the way it was worded. I think there's less questions right now than there were a year nah. ago. I think you're drunk. I think you're disgusted, and that's fine. I, well, I am disgusted. It's fine. Because there were, you had younger arms in your rotation last year. Mm. It, more youth. Were they good youths, though? Well, it turned out that they weren't, Anthony. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> go get it. Nice. There we go. <laughs> That cracks me up every time. All right. uh, We do have the gauntlet coming up in less than 15 minutes. So round two. We're still in round two right there, Marshy. Round two of the gauntlet. So we'll get to that in about 15. Do want to get back into the blues, though. Let's talk talk about this defensive structure, Jamie. You had mentioned this before. Like, hey, when they've gotten away from the defensive structure, boy, it has looked ugly. So how do they stay within that defensive structure? That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're not doing a good enough job, you know, breaking the puck out and protecting the middle of the ice on botch breakouts and things like that we want easy breakouts and that's not going to happen in this league all the time so we've got to do a way better job of that and then um, just defensively I think just like you talked about giving up the middle of the ice too much that was Craig Ruby talking after the Predators game where they lost eight to three about some of the things that uh, he, he didn't like seeing there from his defensive structure. With Jamie Rivers on the road as the Blues get ready to take on the Minnesota Wilds tomorrow night. I'm Anthony Stalter. Don't forget, 4.30, we've got the Cardinals press conference. We will air it we'll, uh, live here on 101 ESPN, courtesy of the KMOV stream. So, John Mozeliak, expect to make the announcement of Sonny Gray, and you know he'll face some questions, too, from the media. We'll air all of that at 4.30 right here on 101 ESPN. Jamie, uh, I, I tease this. The Blues, you had mentioned getting away from their dis- defensive structure lately. So the question then is, how do they stay within it? Or, or better yet, like why do they, why do they get away from it? Well, look, it's just like anything else. <clears throat> when you have a team that has a defensive structure in any sport, or even if you take football, defensive schemes and setups, you always end up making mistakes. At some point, there's a mistake that's made. At some point, it gets a little bit loosey-goosey, and you're not airtight like you needed to be. And if you look at the start of the season for the Blues, they were pretty airtight. I mean, they were keeping opponents off the scoreboard. Jordan Bennington was playing very well. Uh, They weren't putting a lot of pucks in the net offensively, but defensively, it was what they wanted to see. You have these ebbs and flows throughout Mm -hmm. the season, and 
it's important that the coaches recognize when those, we'll call them the, the off-ramps, start to happen because you have to nip it in the bud. And I think that that's what the Blues coaching staff did. Is it, You could argue, well, how come it took so long? It was only like three games where the, it kind of went sideways off right. the rails. And sometimes you, you try to think to yourself as a coaching staff, is it the system? Is it the players? Is it the goaltending? Like, what is actually the problem here? Mm-hmm. And then when you step back, this coaching staff was able to say, yeah, we've gotten a little too loose in our defensive coverage. And it starts in the offensive zone. And when the Blues have been successful this season, and we've seen it a lot more than we did last year, is the defenseman able to hold the blue line, keep the puck in, keep the offense driving. The only way they keep that in is if they have a good F3, which is the high forward in the offensive zone. For Without getting complicated and technical, it's just the forward that's staying up high, top of the circles in between the defensemen so that the defenseman can go down and pinch or join the offense and the forward will support him defensively. Well, when that guy gets a little too low and then there's a gap between the forwards and the defensemen with nobody in the middle of that gap, other teams can create offense. They can create good breakouts. They can create speed through the neutral zone because you can't really take away the middle of the ice if you don't have a player there. And that's kind of what happened. And then it, leaked into the defensive zone to where, you know, Blues were starting to give up some of the opportunities that they gave up last year. Some backdoor tap-ins, some guys left all alone in the middle of the house, uncovered for goals. And then there were some times where some leaky goals, meaning that the goaltenders would probably like a few of those back. And that's how you get to a team that needs to reboot the computer defensively and so Craig Berube and the staff went to work with the video and practices and identifying where the the problems were. And I think they did a good job of bouncing back against the Chicago Blackhawks team. I know they're not the best team in the league, but they're the be- they were the team that were on your schedule that you needed to beat. Right. And you did so. You know, Jamie, on that note, you and I had a conversation last week about, or maybe it was the, it was before the Sharks game. And you and I were talking about how this is less about a quote-unquote trap game because the Sharks aren't very good, and it wanted to kind of be in that. But the Sharks aren't very good. Congratulations, Andy. I'm not the Sharks fan. It's about Shoot the Blues. It's about the Blues. It's about the Blues staying within themselves. I, that, that's how I feel now moving forward when it comes to most opponents. I realize I'm not I'm not naive to think that they have the same amount of talent as the Avalanche or the Bruins or some of the top teams in the league. They don't. But when it comes to most of the league, I think it's about the Blues staying within that structure that you're talking about and not beating themselves. And when they don't do that, I think they have more than enough scoring and certainly good goaltending, you know, the Nashville game aside more than enough goaltending, if they can stay within that structure and just do what the hell the coaching staff has asked them to do, they're going to be a playoff team. They might be, you know, they'd be a wild card team, but they're going to be a playoff team. These players know, too, because you've beaten the Avalanche this year. You shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, you've beaten some pretty damn good opponents playing your defensive structure. So the fact that it was the Chicago Blackhawks, that it's just irrelevant to me because you you actually have proven it against better teams. Mm-hmm. So now um, even an Anaheim team that's got a lot of young, youthful players with good scoring ability, and they go in there and win that game. Look, this season is going to be a season where you need a lot of hard work on a consistent basis and a solid amount of commitment to playing good defensive hockey 
if you're going to make the playoffs. Absolutely. And if this team is close come trade deadline time, uh, not close to like being a division winner, if they're in the playoff mix, I could see Doug Armstrong looking to add a piece or two to get this team to solidify themselves with the playoff spot. And then in hockey, more than any other sport, if you get in, you have a chance to win. And, you know, the St. Louis Blues, they're a, uh, they're a heavy team. They've got good defensive structure. And if Jordan Bennington is on his game, which we know he loves the playoffs, you know, anything is possible. But I do feel like this team is in a pretty good spot right now. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. And we got the gauntlet next on 101 yes. ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 404. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Before we get to Mike, just a reminder that in less than a half hour, we will air the press conference for the Cardinals as they likely announce uh, the signing of Sonny Gray. So 430, we'll uh, we'll air that press conference. React to whatever happens after that. Uh, Mike now joins us. Mike beats... Marsh in football in round one. He's back for round two. And uh, Mike will take on either Jamie or me. But, Mike, you chose the category, so you get to choose the category again today. What uh, What would you like to do? Slight correction. I chose baseball. So baseball. today I'm going to pick football. Okay, oh. there you go. So thank you, Mike, for the correction on that. So you chose baseball. Now you're choosing football. We'll have to football. fact check Mike on that one. Andrew, am I, I correct? I believe him. Yeah, because I had, like, Joe Torre question. I had an MVP question. Yeah, it was uh-huh. definitely baseball. Checks out. You seem kind of prepared, Mike. I don't know. You're shady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Mike, since you went with the category, the wheel will choose either Jamie or me. Uh, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Marsh, you spin that wheel. It's very likely to be Jamie because the wheel loves Jamie to play football. And he loves football and he loves i do i just don't love college football questions (laughs) give me all the college (laughs) and it'll actually it will uh absolutely be jamie today i mean it was dead dead center dead the wheel the wheel wasn't even gonna toy around so jamie is gonna take on mike in round two and it will be football so jamie uh go make your you know makeshift cone of silence there in your hotel room and we'll text you when you're done. Well, I need ice anyways, so I'm going to walk down to the ice machine. You guys just text me, um, and I can tell you for sure I'm not cheating because last time we did this, I got a score of zero. Goose egg. Just yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, Jamie. That was you're, great. You're a, man, you're a man of integrity. You're a lot of things, right. Jamie, but you're a man of integrity. So Well said. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so Jamie, uh, Jamie's going to make his way down the hallway there, get some, get some ice. As uh, he is in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. You think Jamie's going to go to the game tonight? Which game? The Vikings game? Monday Night Football. Knowing Jamie probably will. Mm. Yeah. It'll be a last-second decision, and he'll get, like, front-row seats or something, 50-yard line. All right. Mike, are you ready? Let's do it. Question number one. 
Who is the only team that has defeated the Eagles this season? New York Jets. Final answer. Question number two. Last season, who did the Kansas City Chiefs defeat in the AFC Championship to advance to the Super Bowl? Mm, what's the Bills? Oh, man. Give me the options. Options are the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, or the Buffalo Bills. Oh, the more I think about it, I think it was Burrow. Because Burrow had, dang it, it's the Bengals. Bengals, final answer. All right, Mike, question three. The four teams in the college football playoffs last year were Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, and which other team? Mm. Give me the option. Notre Dame, Michigan, or Alabama? Notre Dame, Michigan, or Bama? It was... I believe it was Michigan, final answer. And question number four, Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, is currently a wide receiver at which university? USC, final answer. All right. I'll text Jamie right now. Mike, how are you feeling? I feel like I got them all, so feeling pretty darn good. Okay. I'm texting Jamie now. Tolling up your score. Okay. So Mike is one of four remaining contestants, right? Yes, there are four remaining in round two, and that is counting That is counting Mike. All right, so this far. All right, I'm oh. back. All right, Jamie. <clears throat> How'd Mike do? Marsh? Uh, pack a lunch, Jamie. Damn it. As you know, Jamie, your category today is football. Here we go. Question number one. Who is the only team that has defeated the Eagles this season? Oh, wow. Um, oh, it was a horse bleep team, too. Uh, was it the Arizona Cardinals? Oh. Was it Giants? Oh, give me the options, please. Dallas Cowboys, Washington Commanders, or the New York Football Jets? It was the Washington Commanders, final answer. Question number two. Last season, who did the Kansas City Chiefs defeat in the AFC Championship to advance to the Super Bowl? The AFC Championship. Okay. What's the Bills? No. Was the Jacksonville Jaguars? I feel like I have to shoot my shot here. AFC Championship game. Was it the Bengals? Oh, man. Give me the damn options. Was it the Jacksonville Jaguars? Aye. The Cincinnati Bengals? Okay. Or the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, that helped a lot. That helped a lot, Anthony. <laughs> damn it. I think it was a revenge game. Because I think they played... Jacksonville. No, the Bengals beat the Jags. 
No, Finkel is Ironheart. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals final answer. Question three, Jamie. The four teams in the college football playoffs last year were Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, and which other team? Michigan. And I'll answer. Question number four. Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, is currently a wide receiver at which university? Options. I know. I think I know. Options are UCLA, USC, or University of California. I think it's USC. Final answer. All right. Let's go over these. Let's go with uh, the fourth question there, one you just heard. Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, is currently a wide receiver at which university? Mike, you went with USC. Jamie, you went with USC. Correct answer is USC. But Mike did not need the options on that one. He's got a 2-1 lead over Jamie. <clears throat> the four teams in the college football playoffs last year were Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, and which other team? Mike, you said Michigan. Jamie, you said Michigan. Correct answer is it is Michigan. But Jamie did not need the options on that one, so we've got a tie. we got a 3-3 tie. Back. Last season, who did the Kansas City Chiefs defeat in the AFC Championship to advance to the Super Bowl? Mike, you went with the Bengals. Jamie, you went with the Bengals. Correct answer is... It is the Cincinnati Bengals. Both of you needed the options for that one. Oh, wow. So we get a 4-4 tie. comes down to this. You have different answers for this one. Who is the only team that defeated the Eagles this season? Jamie, with the options, you say Commanders. Mike... Without the options. Oh, no. You said the New York Football Jets, who were an oh. option. If it was the Commanders, Jamie wins, and Mike has been eliminated. If it, if it was the Jets, Mike wins, and he's the first person to advance to the third leg of the gauntlet playoffs. Mike. You have chosen wisely. Jamie, you were right. It was a horse bleep team. You just chose the wrong horse bleep team. It was, in fact, the New York football Jets that defeated the Eagles. It was uh, about a month ago. Jalen Hurts threw an awful interception and wound up costing him and you today, Jamie, in the gauntlet. So, Mike, congratulations. again for that one? Cowboys, Commanders, Jets. Oh, I thought I heard Giants. The Commanders, you did say the Giants. Uh, no, but I thought I heard you say New York football giants. No, New York football giants. Doesn't make a difference. I went to Commanders anyways. Yeah. And the Commanders almost. I lost money on that game. It's the only reason why I knew that Stephanie lost it. <laughs> well, there you go, Mike. Etched, it's amazing etched how that works. You. Yeah, etched in your brain. There you go. All right, Mike, congratulations. Congratulations, Mike. All right, boys. We'll see you soon. There you go. Survive in advance. Mike is going to advance to the third leg of the gauntlet here. So this is. It's getting tight here for Mike. He was a champion before, might be a champion again, but we still have three more people to go in round two, and we'll continue to do that in our gauntlet uh, playoffs here. What's Trending is next ahead of the 4.30 press conference that the Cardinals have. Again, What's Trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, Sonny Gray, three years, $75 million for the St. Louis Cardinals. And we got a press conference coming up in about 10 minutes. So we're going to tune into that. That is What's Trending, gentlemen. Yeah, so we anticipate that the press conference... It will be the Cardinals announcing that they have signed Sonny Gray and then Mo taking some questions and Yamamoto and Shohei uh, (laughs) in everybody's dreams. No, yeah, so we'll we'll air that. It'll be courtesy of the audio will be courtesy of Camel V. So we'll get some insights into maybe some of the thoughts uh, after Sonny Gray. And I'd be interested to, to hear, Jamie, if Mo says, yeah, this is just a day. Because last week, that's what he said. This is just a day. This is not the off season. I hope it's not he does. The finish line. This is not the finish line. This is another Come on, step. Mo. You're my pony, Mo. Let's go. Yeah. But we'll read. You know, I, I do think it's important to read between the lines too, because I, f- I feel like Mo kind of gives us a hint of some of the things that you know might be forthcoming. But, the other big news of the day uh, in the NFL: Carolina Panthers. Their owner, David Tepper, has fired Frank Reich. That's hard to believe. Right. How about that? They, they got along so well from the beginning. Boy, this <laughs> this was a marriage that wasn't going to last between these two. I don't know why Tepper decided to go with Frank Reich. I don't know why Frank Reich accepted the job. It, it seemed like Frank Reich wasn't happy from, from the get-go. Uh, maybe it's because he wanted C.J. Stroud over – you know Bryce Young. Either way, David Tepper has got to find somebody that's going to develop a culture in Carolina because the culture is bad. He's fired now. You know he let go of Matt Rule. Matt Rule was supposed to bring bring the culture there. He was he was very impatient with Matt Rule. Let go of him. Now you know not even a full year in a Frank Reich. He he gets he gets rid of Frank Reich. I wonder if your guy Ben Johnson, the OC for the Lions, winds up there could be either way you know if you're if you're frank right dan quinn has been kind of he hasn't been criticized but there's been some surprise uh there people have been surprised that dan quinn has remained in dallas as the defensive coordinator when he has been one of those hotter names frank reich is another example of if if you swing and miss on your second go around as a head coach that might be it for you most head coaches don't get a third third try there are some Pete carroll uh, Josh McDaniels, but when you're somebody like Frank Wright, you're probably not going to get a, another swing. So choose your second second spot wisely. He, he's the first head coach since the 1970 merger to be fired in back-to-back seasons. Wow. Not great. Hmm. Never really found anybody outside of uh, Philip Rivers to be the, you know, the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Sold his soul for Carson Wentz. That didn't go oh, well. Boy. Matt Ryan wasn't the answer last year. Bryce Young, unfortunately, young young kid, doesn't have anything around him. And he has struggles. And anytime CJ Stroud does you know, throws throws one one pass thirty yards downfield for a completion to Tank Dell, Bryce Young continues to look bad. So not great. Is, is this a case where a head coach going into Carolina would have the mindset of 
all right, well, this owner seems like he's making all the moves here. I don't know if I want to be a part of that if I don't get to come in and, and do things myself. Or mm-hmm. are they looking at it from a standpoint of this could be an, a huge opportunity for me and I could be the guy that corrects Bryce Young? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough because that's how you get the job. Because you, th- you figure Tepper, Tepper knows you need a quarterback. So he sold, sold everything, go up, get, get the QB in Bryce Young. So now you're, you're pot committed with Bryce Young. So that's how you're going to get the job. You're going to say, I know how to fix him, or I know how to build the offense around him. But if you're a young guy and you got Tepper, who's obviously kind of making some of the bigger decisions, or is that going to be a problem for you? Or should Tepper go with a more experienced coach and just allow him to do his thing and make uh, allow him to hire a competent OC that can build an offense around Bryce Young? There's a lot of holes on that team. I mean, Adam Thielen is a really good player. He's not a number one wide receiver. That offensive line is dog, you know what. The defense has got some sporadic talent overall. Not great, though. There's a lot of issues there. It is, yeah. Miles Sanders. They signed Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard's better. Like they, they just they have made some a lot of missteps. Did you see the uh, the catch on the sideline? I think it was Mingo. Is is that who it is? Jonathan Mingo, the rookie. Yeah, Yeah, where he caught it, but then like looked like he just kind of flew out of bounds. Didn't Uh, even try to get his feet in. I don't know if I saw that one. I did see Deontay Johnson give up though. Yes, that was bad. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's worth a punch in the mouth in the locker room. Wow. Are you serious? All right, so yeah. we've got the press conference coming up. John Mozeliak likely addressing the media following the signing of Sonny Gray. So one of the things I'm, I'm interested in is, again, will Mo give us some things that we can kind of uh, you know read between the lines here moving forward? So here are the Cardinals press conference next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, moment, momentarily, we will be heading to the live press conference for the Cardinals. John Mozeliak is uh, likely to face the media and make the announcement we expect that the Cardinals have signed Sonny Gray. And we've been talking about the Sonny Gray signing throughout the course of the show. We've appreciated your mic drops and your text messages on this. And the overall theme has has basically been, you know, I like the signing, but is this going to be it for the Cardinals? Or I like the signing, but they still don't have an ace. Or I like the signing, but they're still not a World Series contender. All of that, that's absolutely right. I haven't heard it. So, I mean, Jamie, there have, there have been some people that, that just flat out don't think Sonny Gray's a good pitcher. But at three years, $75 million, guy was second to Garrett Cole in the Cy Young last year. I realize he's, he's 34, but he has been very consistent of late. He's been very consistent, quite frankly, since he got out of New York. I, I, he's not the only pitcher or player, for that matter, who has not fared well after being acquired by the Yankees. Sonny Gray's been excellent. 279 ERA, 1.15 whip, and a 183 to 55 strikeout to walk ratio over 184 innings and 32 starts with the Twins last year. He's been excellent. Now, let's head out to uh, John Mozeliak in the press conference announcing Sonny Gray signing. I think back to about Sonny Gray, and I remember back in 2011 when he was pitching at Vanderbilt, how we had a lot of interest in trying to draft him in the first round. Unfortunately, he was chosen before we got the pick and uh, ended up 
being drafted by Oakland. So, you know, it's kind of come full circle, and it's kind of cool. And um, there were mo a couple times we actually tried to trade for him, too, along the way. So, so here we are. And, you know, people may ask, like, why do you sign Sonny Gray? Um, he's a competitor. He's always looking to improve. He's aggressive. He fits this ballpark perfectly. And most importantly, he wanted to be a Cardinal. So when I think back to this process, I want to thank Bo McGinnis, his agent. He was patient. Um, I tried to walk through the timeline and how we wanted to do this. Um, we were hoping to be able to sign a couple of pitchers that we knew we could count on innings for. And then if we were able to accomplish that, then we were hoping to do something a little bigger, a little longer. And obviously, that's where Sonny fits in. So I want to thank Mr. DeWitt, ownership, for being patient, for um, supporting us to giving this, us this opportunity to sign Sonny. Um, we entered this offseason with one simple goal, and that was pitching, pitching, pitching. And uh, I'd say so far, so good. And, you know, as I reminded all of you guys last week, that this isn't about being done or being finished. This is about um, addressing our needs. And, and doing something that we felt we needed to do. And so getting, adding three guys to our rotation we think is important. Uh, we still know there will be competition in spring training, but there's still two months left in this offseason. We understand there's still some work to do. And, um, you know, the offseason's fluid. And so I just think um, we're going to take our time, reassess where we are, and certainly see if there's other ways that we can still improve before we get down to Jupiter. So at this time, I'd like to introduce Sonny Gray as a St. Louis Cardinal. So thank you. All right. Yeah, awkwardness. Yeah. Before, like it. <laughs> Bob last Do the hat, do our handshake, do the right thing, right? Turn the floor over. <laughs> All right. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. Um, I don't have anything prepared or anything, but... Um, I mean, Mo's right. I uh, going into this thing, I wanted to be a cardinal. Um, that started probably a little over a year ago. Um, it's a place that every time I've come here as a visitor, I've um, I've looked at the stadium and I've said, "Wow, this place is this place is incredible." Um, I looked around the seats and I've seen the fans and. The fans continue to show up and they support this team. And then you, you talk around the league and you talk around different guys who have been all over the place. And um, everybody raves about St. Louis, um, the Cardinals, um, the fans, the, how the fans support you, how the fans are hard on you, how the, how the fans expect expect you to win, expect greatness, which is something that as a player, as a competitor, that's something that you that you want, especially for me, where I am in my career is, um, is I want to win. I want to win. I w coming to an organization like St. Louis, uh, 
the tradition, just walking in here this morning, uh, you're kind of walking around and you're seeing everything and you see the history right, right when you walk in going into the clubhouse. The history's there. The feel is there. Um, it's, it's, just a, it's just a baseball town and a baseball city and, and, and a place that, that I'm more, I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled to be able to come and be a part of it. Um, I, I, I think that, as, as Mo was saying, pitching, 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 that's something that I, pitching is something that I love to do. Um, winning is something that I love to do. Um, creating a pitching culture, um, working with other pitchers on a staff, pushing each individual pitcher on a staff to get better. Uh, that's something that, that's something that I, I truly, truly enjoy. Um, you want to talk about changing a, I mean, the, the, changing a, a pitching culture or creating and establishing a strong pitching culture. I think you bringing in, bringing Lance, bringing Kyle, bringing me, um, you want to talk about creating an edge, um, having some intent and some fire to the guys who take the ball, um, you're definitely doing that. And I think you guys, if you followed me at all, you definitely have probably seen that. And if you haven't, then you'll see it very soon. Um, but you want to talk about someone who takes the ball and has an edge, you'll see it. Um, and, and that's it. Like I said, I do, I do want to thank everyone involved throughout this process. It's a place, like I said, it's a place that me and my family, we, we, we truly, truly wanted, wanted to be here. And, and, and we're glad that it worked out and, and, we, and, we, and we get to be here. So um, very, very excited to be a Cardinal and um, very excited to get this thing started. So anybody have any questions? None? Um, I think you're born with it. I, I do now having, having an eight year old and a five year old and watching them compete on a day to day basis. Um, I think you're born with that competition and that fire. Um, but I also think it's something that, that you continue to improve. I, I think that's a, being a competitor and, and, and having an edge and, and, and something that's, that's something that you work on, on a daily basis just the same amount of throwing a curveball, throwing a slider, throwing a fastball. It's something that, that is practiced. It's something that you definitely have or you don't, but it's something that when things matter to you, winning matters to me, pitching matters to me, then the best, the best part, the best version of yourself just, just naturally shows up. Um, I love competing. I absolutely love competing. I, I love taking the ball. I love having that me versus the hitter. I, I, I love I love doing that. It's something that I, I genuinely love doing. Um, and it carries throughout a staff. It, it carries from one person to the next to the next. And when you start putting super, super intense competitors with an edge and with a fire, um, and you start stacking those guys up, then, then you're, you're putting yourself in a good position to have success. Um, um, Delicately. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could been a fly on the wall or anything in the last week, um, 
I said before this thing, uh, I, I was talking to Bo, and um, there's a couple of places that I wanted to be, and St. Louis was at the forefront of that. Um, but then there is still a balance, right? You still have to um, go through the process and see kind of what presents itself. And St. Louis wasn't the first team to to reach out and 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 contact us and do this thing. We were moving along with other teams, you know, and thinking. And then you start seeing yourselves in different situations. Um, you're like, okay, yeah, that would be, you know, that's. And then you do finally get a call and you get intrigued. Um, you move down the road, and, and then once it becomes clear, um, it, it's a place. You do, I, I did tell Bo um, that, this is, that, that this is the place. Um, let's, let's make it work. And then I don't, know, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of free agents say this, but it's just who I am. It's just, it's just, just who I am. You'll get to know me. Um, I said, hey, money's not the ultimate factor. This isn't the ultimate factor. Um, being closer to home, being on a competitive winning culture, um, being in a place that you want to be, all those things definitely did matter to me. And like I said, when St. Louis called, it, was, it, it made this thing um, seem a lot more plausible. And then we were able to, to work through it and get it done. And I, I'm... I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Um, I um, we hadn't. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. We hadn't talked to the Cardinals um, before that. Um, but then seeing Lance sign, Kyle sign, um, coming here, then you know, like, okay, you, there is, you are going to be working with on a day-to-day -day basis guys who have been around, guys who, who have had a lot of experience and a lot of success in this league, which that interest, that's, that's intriguing. That interests me, um, be able to, to work with guys who have been there and done it, uh, be able to bounce ideas back with that, with, with those guys. But also being able to, to relate to some guys being able to, I mean, it's going to be, we're going to get to know each other on the staff, but we're also going to, we're going to, we're going to push each other. We're going to have to push each other. We're going to, we're going to be, we're going to have to be there for each other on a day-to-day -day basis. We're going to have to turn this thing into getting a really good understanding of each other and what makes the other, what makes it move for the other person, how to, how to, how to push the other person, how to, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an all a thing that we're gonna that we'll work through. But it's all like guys who want to be at a place and guys who still have that edge to them, and guys who still want to go out there and compete and can still believe in themselves and can still go out there and dominate baseball games. I, I mean, we have guys that can do it. Um, I, I'm a, I'm also a little bit of a rambler, so I don't I I honestly forgot your question. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, no, there wasn't because you're also going through it and it just, it just plays out how it's going to play out. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's just going to be what it's going to be. Um, 
So you're envisioning when you're talking to these other teams, you're, you're going for me at least. You're going through these other situations, and you're saying, "A, are we going to win? B, is it going to be a good situation for me and my family?" Those are the things that you kind of start with me. So then, when you're going through the other teams, you know, you're 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 just kind of siphoning through a lot. I mean, it. I. I thoroughly enjoyed going through the free agent process. I, I truly did. There were there was a ton of anxiety, a ton of stress. A kind of I mean, you're making a decision and a commitment to a place, but that place is also making a commitment to you. So it, it definitely goes both ways there. Um, but going through it, it's just you know. But it is a it is a a big decision. Um, but when the Cardinals called and when we started going down the road, the decision just started to get clearer and clearer and clearer, and it, and it, it became an easy decision. Um, and that's how you know it's right, uh, when, it just, when it just becomes an easy decision, a clear decision to make, and uh, one that checks all the boxes for me. I believe um, I did see it, um, but I, I believe I believe in the front office. I believe in the organization. I believe in the culture. Um, I believe in the fans. I believe in the city. Um, I believe in the traditions that have been created here. Um, if you look at it, I don't think the Cardinals have had a losing season since 2007. Correct since 2007 so it's not a place that accepts losing losing is not an option it's not a place that you just say oh the cardinals are you know they're going to go through this thing it's just it just doesn't happen here um so i believe in that i believe in traditions i believe in in longevity i believe in i mean you're going to not have a losing season since 2007 you've got a strong culture you've got a you got an incredibly strong foundation you've got good people um i believe the winning culture is still here um it just didn't happen last year. But I, I believe it, it, it's still here, and it's been here for a long time. John, how early did you know that this was going to happen, that you were going to pursue it? Was it in the summer when you knew you were going to be a free agent, or when? Well, I do remember that game you pitched against us in August, and you kind of shoved it <laughs> against us. So <clears throat> that was certainly something I, we, we do remember. But, like, I mean, obviously he was having a lot of success. We were following that. Um, you know, you, you, you hate to, like, start thinking about your roadmap for how to get better during, like, in August. But, um, you know, obviously when we hit the off season, we knew that he was going to be someone of high interest. Um, you know, you go back to the general manager meetings. We met with Bo. Um, you know, he was very clear with us on, you know, what Sonny's expectations were. And that was good. And then the real question became more of the timing. Like, how do we accomplish what we felt like we needed to accomplish and do it in an order where the music didn't stop and we weren't left standing? So, you know, we certainly feel pretty good about where we are today because we were able to add these three arms and we, we think about, you know, the type of makeup that they'll add to our culture, the type of character these guys bring. I mean, that's important, and um, it, will, it, it will be a difference maker. Um, 
I've I've been fortunate throughout my career to be on some really really good staffs and um, and and you in in those staffs you you have it you you have um, you have it you you have to be able to push each other you have to be able to challenge each other you have to be able to call each other out you have to be able to to lean on one another when 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 a when a when a member of your of your staff is feeling some type of way, you've got to be there for them. But you've also got to be there for them when they're feeling the other type of way. Uh, you got to bring them down. You got to push them up. But I expect the, those guys to do the same thing for me. Um, you have to you have to instill the utmost confidence in yourself if you want to go out there and be successful. Uh, you you can't just you can't just go into this thing and you can't ha- you can't be a good pitcher and you can't have success and you can't be a good staff if you just kind of like if you don't believe it if you don't if you don't if you're just kind of halfway in you're going to you're going to get halfway results i mean it's just it's just what i believe in it's just who i am it's just how i live my life it's it's just i don't know it's just it's just who i am and it just it just comes out when i get in when i get around baseball and when i when i when i talk baseball or when I when I pitch and when I do stuff I mean you you have to, it, it takes a lot like it takes a lot to to be great and I also know that one pitch you you, can't, you one pitcher doesn't make a team win you, you've got to have everyone um, you've got to have every guy on the staff staff bullpen you've all got to be You've all got to be pulling in the same direction and have a common goal and have a common belief. And I, I, I'm a big believer in like me versus you, having that mentality, having that like, having that like you won't see me, you won't see me take the ball out there. And and some some people do. That's not how. That's not who I am. Some you won't see me out there taking the ball and and smiling to the to the hitters and telling them like, how you doing? Like you know, hope you had a good night or whatever right it's just not you're gonna you're gonna see the you that's the complete opposite I, I um i believe in the competition i believe in the competition of the pitter of the of the hitter and the pitcher um and then the catcher as well like that relationship that all is that all is incredibly important you, you've got to you've got to be willing to to be in the fight together as a whole unit as a staff as every like when Lance pitches you you have to be invested in the, into that game um, when Miles pitches you're invested into that game I'm invested into his outcomes I'm invested into what we've worked on throughout the week seeing it translate and if it's not being able to to know that hey we've we collectively have all put in put in the work to to have success so now i'm here i'm I, i'm going to be here for you you're going to be here for me when it when it plays out and when it doesn't and if it doesn't then everybody then then we'll we'll continue to figure it out so it's it's like you invested into each other cuz you're around each other so much you you see the work that that they're putting in so now when it's time you also have to be there to support each and every person on the staff in, in different ways it's a i mean it truly is like a, a, a brotherhood a, a bond that that everyone just has with each other did you talk to an existing uh, player in the roster of 
before you made your final decision? Um, a current player, like existing means current? So I've been in touch with Wainwright um, quite a bit. Um, I, I have been in touch with a few other players as well. Um, and so I've been talking into making a decision easy. Every player raved about St. Louis, every player in every aspect of what goes into this, you know, like all the things, not just the baseball things. So um, I, I, uh, I was in touch with, with, a, with a few people, yes. Right. Um, I've understood the technology aspect of it. I've been able to incorporate that into my game. Um, I, I I think the main reason is just it's just there's always something next, right? There's always something. There's always something more. There's, you can always be better at something when it comes to pitching. Um, if, you, if you're not constantly trying to improve, then, then you're not going to improve. I, I, I mean, there's always something, right? There's, there's always something that – I believe there's always something to chase when it comes to, to getting better. And to, there's, always, there's always a direction to go. There's always something else that you can do better. There's always something that you can do better. And um, – I just try to look for those things um, throughout my career of what I can, what, what can I be better at, what can I be better at, what can I be better at, but remembering what you're already great at. This is what I'm great at, but what can I be better at? Um, I just think evolving over that, wanting wanting to be good. I never wanted to be one of those guys, too, that like that got to a point in their career and then you just kind of like stay there and like you see all those guys who like who are like okay and they they do good and then they get to a point and then they just kind of like stay the same or just kind of get a little worse and it's kind of like oh let's just call it and you know be good with it. Nah, I don't like that. Um I never I I never I mean yes cuz there's there's been so many guys who go through their career and continue to get better and those are the guys that I watch and those are the guys that I follow. Um and that's who I mean that's that's who I envision me being, and that's who I have been. Tell me along those lines, talking about getting better. You just finished second in the Cy Young. What can you get better at? Um, we can we can win the final game. Um, you know, we can win the final game. Um, I can. I went through a lull. The, earlier in the season of, of walking guys and then I made that I got I, I was getting better at that um, I can continue to to make the right decisions and to do the right things for for myself and my body and put my body in a good position to 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 stay successful and to stay to stay strong um, I can I mean I think you can always always continue to get better at that um, 
I can, so I started taking my, I kind of lost my sinker a little bit last year because I started throwing four seams. I started, so I was going four seam, cutter, slider, curveball. So I was getting my hand in a supinated position a lot more. So I, then I kind of lost my sinker. That started getting better at the end of the season. So I can, I can figure out a way to, to transition from being so supinated all the time to then getting back to behind the ball and on top of the ball and then just knowing that each pitch is an individual separate pitch. So getting better at hand manipulation. Um, all right, that is Sonny Gray speaking right now, that audio courtesy of KMOV. And if uh, you know you wanted to hear Sonny Gray break down all of his arsenal, uh, you, you can at some point. But we do want to react to what we just heard from Sonny Gray. A little bit of Mo early on, but mostly Gray. So we'll react to what we just heard next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Five oh four. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the Fast Lane with Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. You just heard Sonny Gray. Apparently, he's still talking. Um, you just heard Sonny Gray in the announcement. Sonny had a lot to say. He is a rambler. He, he, he told you and, that, and he, t- and he said it too, which I, I thought was kind of endearing. He said, "Yeah, I didn't. I don't have anything really prepared. Um, I." <laughs> I tend to ramble. Imagine and, if he did. And then say, yeah, well, he might have been more concise. Um, but, look, he's 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 a pitcher. Nobody expects him to uh, be a public speaker or motivational you know, speaker or anything like that. There's a couple of things. I was motivated. I, you know, there's a couple of things that, that kept coming coming up, Jamie. We, uh-huh. get, we get the question, not a lot, but we get the question that drum beat consistently – Couple of times each off season, couple of times during the season, do 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 players still want to be here? Do players still want to come here? I should say, not be here, but come here. He said it multiple times. He told his agent, "This is where I want to be. Get it done. If the if the money yep. makes sense, that's where I want to be." And the agent got a deal done, and and I we we got some text messages. Well, of course he wanted to be here. They gave him ace money. No, they didn't. They didn't give him ace money. Not for three years. Aces get six years, seven years. So that's that's not that's not ace money. You pay a little bit more because it's a shorter term. So if you're thinking, well, 25 million a year is a lot, okay, but it's shorter term. It's only three years. Think about the deal that Aaron Nola got. But he mentioned it a couple of times, Jamie, he wanted to be a Cardinal. And he said that he wanted to be a Cardinal over a year ago, which I don't know if you're a Twins fan if you're fired up for that, but he pitched he pitched well nonetheless. Oh, well. You know the whole baseball heaven thing? I, I don't know if that necessarily still exists, but you heard a lot of the things that a lot of former players used to talk about back in the day, Jamie. The fan base holds holds the organization to high standards. They support the, the, the players. Anytime he pitched here in St. Louis, he felt that aura was still here in St. Louis. So that was one of my, my bigger takeaways, at least for Sonny Gray. How about you? Uh, for me... I mean, it was glaringly obvious that the Cardinals, not only did they need to improve their rotation from a baseball standpoint, they needed a culture change. Listening to Sonny Gray talk about how once Lance Lynn 
was signed and and knowing that he's a competitive fiery guy he's got more of a blank you mentality than a hey how you doing Mm -hmm. to the opposition you know there was a lot of speculation surrounding last year's cardinals team not just the pitching staff but other players as well positional players that maybe weren't all that invested in giving it their all every day. There was speculation that some pitchers didn't want the ball two days in a row. Some speculation that some pitchers felt overworked. Some guys felt, um, you know, tweaks and stuff in, in the positional players stuff. Like The Cardinals clearly identified that we need a change here because mm. – We have a manager that manages somewhat old school from a face-to-face conversation and calling guys out. Now there's obviously there's analytics and things that go into the whole new age of baseball, but you didn't have a team that exemplified grit and passion and things like that. And I think there was a very strategic um, move here or thought process rather rather, by John Mosellock. And think about this. You bring in... A guy like Kyle Gibson, he's a character. He's a character guy, just a great dude. Does so much in the community, and his teammates like him. He's a leader, and he's an innings muncher. Okay, something you didn't have on your staff last year. Lance Lynn, abrasive at times, standoffish, calls guys out, tells you what he thinks. Maybe you needed that in your locker room because you didn't have Yadi anymore. You didn't have that guy that would bark. So imagine a young guy, a young pitcher, let's say, says, uh, I don't think I can take the ball two days in a row. And you got to look over at Lance Lynn, who's looking down at you saying, yeah. really? Good point. Really, bro? You don't want the ball? <laughs> Bull, here's the ball, and throws it off his forehead. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? And now you went and signed a guy like Sonny Gray, who, based on what he's t- saying about himself, is very much the same way. Yeah, He's very much going to work together with the staff, but also call out things that he doesn't like. And he seems like a really competitive dude. So the signings aren't always about the actual player. Sometimes it's more about the culture and, and the attitude that those guys bring. Yeah, and they seem good. they have a good balance. Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray might fall more into that bulldog category. We knew that about, about Lance Lynn. I fully admit I didn't really know that about Sonny Gray. And we'll see if that manifests next next year. Uh, on the other side, Kyle, Kyle Gibson, who you know very well, who BT knows very well, stand-up guy, great, great in the community kind of steadying steadying presence you got you got a good balance there i agree jamie i think from a culture standpoint you're right and that is one thing we tend to put a lot of emphasis on and then when a signing is made we only want to talk about the dollar amount and the the stats and things like that from from mo's standpoint he didn't talk very much and maybe he addressed the media a little bit more once once we signed off but he had talked about Sonny gray wanting to be a cardinal he also said that about Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson last week. He also talked about fit fits the ballpark. I think that's important. I, I, a lot of people might not think that, and it's you know all about the stats, and that's fine. I to think, be honest, I didn't like that comment. I, I honestly, I did. I, I like didn't. when teams when teams fit the ballpark. I think it's smart. Why didn't you like it? Well, because it all it said to me was, "Oh, pitch to contact again. We're going to use the old ballpark as our." part of our defensive structure the Mm -hmm. old ballpark is going to help us out yeah it help you out last year well the the pitchers the pitchers didn't fit the ballpark jamie what no they did anthony (laughs) the problem is they were pitched to contact except it was really hard contact yeah okay Uh, (laughs) like i like i like the idea you're right that the defense still has to improve wholeheartedly 
Well, and you're pitching. You have to, like, all off-season, everything everybody talked about was more swing and miss, more swing and miss. And now we're talking about the ballpark again? Mm-hmm. The hell's a ballpark after that? You can put them in a Little League ballpark. If you've got swing and miss, it doesn't matter. You have True. to play in, you know, a ballpark that's so freaking big, nobody can hit a home run because, yeah. you know, you're giving up contact. So I know that wasn't necessarily the way it was meant to be, but that's the way I took it. And I was like, no, no, we're not going back to that crap. Well, like, one th- no, we're not playing to the ballpark. One thing we can't agree on, though, he, he Sonny Gray does get strikeouts. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, and he does keep the ball in the yard. So that's Yeah, but I thought it was an odd important. statement. I thought it was an odd statement on the heel. If I'm John Mozeliak, knowing that the temperature of Cardinal Nation is wanting swing and miss and mm-hmm. guys that can get strikeouts – I'm not talking about the damn ballpark. I'm talking about Sonny Gray who can miss bats. We thought it was important because Sonny Gray misses bats. Mm-hmm. And when there is contact, it's a lot of weak contact. But he misses bats primarily. Now that's now I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I hear Sonny Gray talk about like his passion. Now I'm fired up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, yeah, go get me a gray jersey. I like this guy. <laughs> right now I'm like, that's a pitch to contact. Let's cross our fingers. No, he's not. He's not a pitch to contact guy. Um Mo Mo did talk about too. He's like, ah, oh, pitching, pitching, pitching. We addressed, we're addressing needs, and mm-hmm. he say competition in spring training. He said we're gonna take our time, see if we can imp- improve. That's the part I'm like, hmm. He didn't say they were done though. No, he didn't. But the so way he said, ah, you know, take our time. We'll see if we can improve this thing. But he kept talking about. He talked about spring training a couple of times today. I didn't like that aspect of it. That's- that to me is like. Yeah, we got our needs. We we crossed off our needs. Feet up on the desk. I can sleep better now. <laughs> I, I didn't get that. <laughs> it's funny. You and I, I swapped there. It's so funny. Like you, you and I, you heard you heard something different. I didn't like the way he said it. He's like, oh, like it's a pitching, pitching, pitching. I like what we did. Uh, addressing needs, competition in spring he training. Take our we time. We are addressing needs. Yeah. Like he still talked like it was an ongoing process. Like he mm. still made me kind of believe there might be something more. I'm watching you. I'm watching you, Mo. I'm, <laughs> I, you're on alert. I'm watching I, you, Is it Ross? I don't. I there is there is too much in the history of this this organization. Of as soon as we address the needs, we are done, baby. Close the shop. That's Mission accomplished. I don't like that. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We have our Sports Six Pack coming up. So you got a question or comment for us? Leave it there. Again, Sports Six Pack next in the fast line. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now... So apparently when we had signed off from the KMOV feed, because Sonny Gray was still addressing the media, John Mozeliak was asked whether or not he would explore trades, and he said yes. So maybe they're not done, Jamie. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, slight probably. Air Comfort Service tax line is 314-399-9646. If you have a question for us, that's where to send it for a sports six-pack. Marsh, go. Question number one. 
from the 314 serious question Sonny Gray just got second place in the Cy Young voting but everyone says he's not a number one why I'm not saying he's number uh, not a number one I don't think he's an ace when I think of ace I think of Garrett Cole I think of Spencer Strider I think of and I know that Gray finished second to Garrett Cole uh, in the Cy Young but I mean my definition of an ace is somebody that every five days consistently shoves I think Sonny Gray is your number one right now I just wouldn't put him in the ace category I think when when you have an ace there's no question about it it's kind of like Hall of Famer like there's no there's no debate he's just he's a Hall of Famer he's an ace uh is he number one sure we getting technical probably but I think there's very few aces right now Sonny Gray's your number one that's where I'm at Jamie yeah, me too. I feel the same way. Um, I, I felt the exact same way from the beginning regarding Sonny Gray that whenever the Cardinals get him or if they did get him, that he was a number one or a number two, not an ace. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, nothing's changed my opinion on that. Yeah. Question number two. From the 636, are Anthony's Falcons going to make the playoffs? 3-0 versus the division this year. Marsh might win the Waffle House Challenge, but Anthony might get the division title. Uh, mm, No. No, I don't think so. I think eventually the Saints will still, you know, emerge victorious in the NFC South. Desmond Ritter is uh, equal parts terrible and uh, pretty good, Jamie. Like, there are throws that he makes <laughs> directly to the other team where I go, wow, this guy can't play football. And then he <laughs> makes throws like he did yesterday to B. John Robinson to basically uh, win it. And I go, wow, this guy might not be half bad. <laughs> There's no in between with this dude. The- those guys are the worst. They are. Anthony. They're the worst. They're the worst. I've seen those players. I've called those players poison mm-hmm. before. You know you've heard me yes, say that. Yes, I have. Because they show you a level that you're like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. This guy's a player. And then it disappears for like three, four, five games. Yeah. And then it reappears just as you're ready to quit <laughs> on that player. He throws another dime, and you're like, whoa, right. this guy. Maybe if we work a little more with this guy. No, it's no. poison. Get away from it. I mean, he's a turnover machine, and he also makes kind of some big throws in fourth quarters of games. It's weird. <laughs> Good for him. But I mean, this, I mean, I know they beat the Saints yesterday. I was, I was surprised. I really was. They, they, they usually split with the Saints. They probably still will. But this is still the same team that lost to the Cardinals. They lost to Joshua Dobbs the moment he got off the plane to Minnesota. Didn't know his playbook. Didn't know the teammates, and still beat them. Uh, same team that that. You know, Will Levis is is no longer the second coming of Dan Marino and Brett Favre because he's not facing the Falcons. Like, it's still a team okay. that has blown those games. But the Texans are right. They are undefeated in the division. So maybe they'll they'll take the Buccaneers path and, you know, host a, host a playoff game against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys with a losing record. Wait. Yikes. <laughs> no, I still think the Saints catch them and surpass them. I don't know. <laughs> Question number three. I'd rather have them make the playoffs and me not do the Waffle House Challenge. That'd be nice. Mm. That's a good point. Let's go Bears, huh? Hey, let's I'm in mini tonight. Uh, I, might go to the, I might go to the game tonight. Uh, that's what I said. Marsh asked me whether or not you'd go. I said, Jamie. Jamie's one of those dudes 
that will wait last second, decide to go, and somehow know somebody that not only gives them free parking, but also 50-yard line seats about seven rows up. No, I'm going sidelines tonight. I got my media pass. There you go. We'll see. We'll see Jamie, ESPN, with you know, with, with that crew somehow, and he'll be on the sidelines reporting on Joshua Dobbs. And we're going to send it down to Jamie Rivers. Jamie, what do you think yeah. about Josh Dobbs? Oh, you guys would flip. You guys would lose it. I would lose it, but I would also be like, that makes sense. You see Jamie in the background. He's going, stop. Yeah. Skull, Skull Vikings. Dude, Actually, Archie. no. Jamie's the guy that 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 sounds the horn. That'd be Jamie. <laughs> no shirt on, wig with the, the yellow braids. Yeah. Jamie's the one at the end of the game with no shirt and a million different uh, yeah. chains on. Mm-hmm. Yep. No affiliation. The Kirk, yeah. The Kirk Cousins. Boy. Just screaming. You like that? You like that? It's freezing here. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, question number three uh, from the 636. Would you prefer the Tigers in Mizzou? Would you prefer Mizzou to play a former Big 12 foe that is entering the SEC or a dominant Big 10 team uh, who gets let out in their who gets left out in their uh, in, in the CFP? So like oh. Ohio State or Oklahoma State. I, I guess. <laughs> Basically, I would rather see them face Ohio State. I'd rather see them face a a, a quality. What about Penn State or Penn State? Yep, perfect. Ohio State, Penn State. I would rather I'd rather have them face one of those teams than like a, an Oklahoma State or. I mean, if it's Texas, cool. What if they took on the, uh, the oh, Green it would, wave. it would be Texas or Oklahoma, I guess, because yeah. by by the 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 way that they phrase the definite the uh, question. Right. What about Tulane? No. That'd no, be terrible. No, I don't want to face no, that. That'd be I, terrible. I, I do not want them to face Tulane on New Year's Day. No. No. Give me Penn so, State. Give me Ohio State. Give me uh, Texas. Give me Oklahoma. That'd be fantastic. Let's just, you know, the question is the question, but I'm going to kind of steer this in my own direction, is I would like for Mizzou to end up playing like – the fifth best team in the nation or mm-hmm. the sixth best team in the nation just to see where they're at like just to see like is it even possible that they could have competed in the college football playoff yeah. i don't think winning a national championship is in the cards but how far off is the program sure so that for me would be where i'd like to see mizzou compete not go not to go grab a, a gimme game in a bowl or whatever just but like the toughest competition they possibly can face just as a benchmark to see where the program is yeah i, th- I think that's that's a great way to put that i like that a lot uh by the way if you're tracking like bowl projections at cbs they've got mizzou taking on penn state in atlanta oh. in the peach bowl so that'd be great that'd, that'd be, be interesting f- perfect that's just kind of what I was asking for. Mm-hmm. Don't tell that to the gentleman who was, I believe it's part of On Three Sports. He has Mizzou not in a New Year's Six yeah, Bowl. Get the out of here. Ole Miss. That guy. I mean, Ole Miss can take on Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> That'd be fine. Wow, Anthony. That'll be fine, please. Question I, four, please. Question four, please. Question number four. From the 501, I did see a quote-unquote report earlier that the cards are open to trading Stephen Matz. 
Do you think that is legit? Thanks. That is from Adam. Yeah, I do. I do think that's legit. I could see them adding another starter and then either either shifting Steven Matz to the pen or just flat out, you know, dumping him and getting a prospect for him. And and what what typically happens there is that the team that's acquiring a, a Steven Matz would uh take on the salary and give up less of a prospect or give up a little bit better of a prospect and then have the Cardinals eat the eat the money. Either way, yes, I do think that is legit. I think that would be yeah, yeah that would make sense. I agree. Uh if I'm the Cardinals though, I don't want to eat the money. I'm just not. If I'm going to eat the money, I'm putting them in the bullpen. Like that's the way I look at it. I, I'm, I'm not eating the money. There, there's just no way I'm doing it. If you want to trade me a lower level prospect and take on, you know, my contract, mm-hmm. I'd do it. But if I'm sitting here and you're telling me I got to eat the money and you're getting, you know, next to nothing in return, I'd rather have Steven Matz being paid his salary that I'm paying him anyways and utilize him out of the bullpen. Sure. That'd be Wait. my thought. Question five, please. Question number five. This one comes from the 314. What does everyone think of the new college football AP polls? Why is Ohio State ranked higher than Texas? Texas has a better win with the Alabama win compared to Ohio State's win over Penn State and Notre Dame. I'll explain why, and I'll tell you why Texas is going to make the college football playoff next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So one of our last questions in the Sports Six Pack last segment was why the College Football Playoff Committee decided to rank Ohio State over Texas. Ohio State's eleven and one. Texas is eleven and one. Ohio State, and this is—I've said this about the committee, guys. It, we we tend to over we tend to complicate this. It's it's actually pretty simple. The committee really only looks at when you played a ranked opponent and whether or not you beat them. That's it. If you got a loss, is it a good loss or a bad loss? Good loss would be against a ranked team. Bad loss would be against an unranked team. That, that I, I, we, we tend to think, oh, well, they're going to get Alabama in because they're Alabama. I mean, with TV money and all this. Other. I think it maybe comes into play a little bit, but if you look back at the history of it, it's it's been pretty consistent. Do you have top 25 wins, and who are your losses, if you have any? Yes, Marsh? Oh, I, I think it was the AP poll. Oh, AP poll. So the college football My playoff bad. is not out yet. But the AP poll AP has poll. them higher. Do they? Yeah, they're drunk. Do they take that into account, or is, is it completely <laughs> no. separate? No, they're they're drunk. Yeah, AP poll. I, stupid. Don't don't even worry about it. Yep. But we gotta we gotta wait until that's right. It's Tuesday so, for the college yes, football. Yes, the playoffs. always plastered poll. Yes, that's right. Okay, so hang on here. What are we debating again here? I just pulled up everything, and I want to know what angry what got you so angry, Anthony. No, no, no. I'm not angry. There was a person, there was a texter that, that wondered why Ohio State was ranked ahead of Texas in, in the AP poll. Let's say the college football playoff committee oh. also ranks Ohio State over Texas. Let's just look at this. Wins over Notre Dame, Penn State, that's it. Texas has win, wins over Alabama, Kansas, Kansas State, 
That's it, and their losses to Oklahoma. Ohio State's loss, obviously, obviously to Michigan. I think Texas will be ranked ahead of Ohio State based on that, based on the fact that they got okay. one more win over a top 25 opponent in the college football playoff. Now, Jamie. So – Go ahead. Yeah. I got lots of questions, Anthony. I watch a lot of college football here when I'm on the road, and I got lots of questions. Uh, th- that was one of the best, hands down, the best two days of college football I have ever seen. That was absolutely incredible. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, but but I have questions because, like, what do you do with Florida State? Florida State, if they beat Louisville in the ACC title game this weekend, is in. Uh-huh. There's no, there's really no debating that. If you're the committee, don't you look at the team and go, "Good golly, they're going to get throttled against these other teams because their quarter, they, the, the guy who's playing quarterback in that game against Florida, the backup, yeah, woof, right, yeah, so, woof." Action Jackson from the Balloon Party and I were having this discussion before the show. He said the same thing. Florida State's not one of the best four teams in the country. I agree. I agree, especially with the quarterback. But I just got done saying about the ranked opponents. They got one over LSU, Duke, and then... All that's with their quarterback. Oh, you know what? They would only have three. Like, Oregon, to me... Oregon, right now, if Oregon plays Florida State, Oregon beats them. Yes. Oregon, here's here's the way I'm looking at this. Here's here's how I think Texas gets into the college football playoff. You ready? Yeah, it's a stretch, but go ahead. Okay. Georgia, Georgia beats Bama in the SEC title game. That would eliminate Bama. Auburn couldn't do it on Saturday in one of the oh, best man. one of the best throws you are gonna see of the season. We're going to talk about that last play, you and I. Let's bank that. We're going to talk okay. about that. Continue. If Georgia beats Bama in the SEC title game, Georgia's in. Alabama is out. Michigan is going to absolutely destroy Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. If Iowa scores more than seven points, I'd be shocked. So Michigan would be in. So you got Georgia and Michigan. I think Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 title game. Ooh, Oregon nice. would then be in. So it comes down to Florida State, who is playing Louisville in the ACC title game. Jamie, I think Louisville beats Florida State. I think they pull off a, a small upset. Well, Texas, not, yeah, I think it's in play for sure. And then Texas beats Oklahoma State in the Big Ten, Big Twelve championship. Texas is your fourth team. Oh, I don't think Texas gets there, Anthony. I'm I, sorry. I do. They got. They would. Don't. They would have a Big t- Big Twelve title. They would have wins over Bama, Kansas. Kansas State and then Oklahoma State. They'd have four wins against top yeah, twenty-five okay opponents. State ranked right. Where are they right now? Okay, State. They're twentieth. I don't know. I think Washington still stays ahead, even with a loss to Oregon. I think Washington stays ahead of Texas. They would have wins over Oregon, USC, Utah, and Oregon State, but not a Pac-12 title. I agree. The win. So this the is win- where it all gets so yeah, like muddied. I'm just going by again with the committee. What if Bama beats Georgia? Well, then then Georgia then Bama's in. <laughs> Bama's in. Yeah, Georgia's what in. What happens to Georgia? I think they're in too. I do. I think Georgia's in too. I, but that's where it gets messy, right? It certainly does. But Georgia Georgia would have wins against Kentucky, Mizzou, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and their loss would be Alabama in the title game. I think they would be in. Marsh is Marsh just threw up again. Marsh does not want to see yeah. Alabama in the college football playoff. Again. I don't. 
Marsh is I disgusted don't. by what I said. But I said, Marsh. I'm sick of seeing them there. Did I not say this a month ago? <laughs> You've been saying it the whole year. <laughs> Ever since they yeah. lost to Texas, you I even, said, no, Alabama's you, not over. You even said before the season started that you think Alabama is a dark horse because nobody was talking about them. Very true. And then they lost to Texas, and then everybody stopped talking. And then Milrow got better each week, and then he threw an absolute dime in the corner of the end zone against Auburn in the Iron Bowl in a game they should have yeah. lost, but they didn't. And now it's like it's setting up this perfect storm. No, get stop. Stop it. We need Georgia taking on Texas and Michigan taking on Oregon. Oregon. That's That'd be a, fun. That's great. That'd there you fun. go. Now you have all parties How, being represented. If Florida State except wins. Except for the ACC because they stink. If if Florida State wins, can you really leave out a 13-0 and ACC type uh, champion? No. Even with the backup quarterback. I think they're in. So when, so Jamie Jamie root for Louisville. Yeah. Well, I mean hard. Do you remember what happened to Ohio State though? I do. With uh Cardell Jones. Yes. Yes. After he won, he also uh played video games and beat that one kid 99 to nothing. He did. He well, he's so a champion. He, he has no Hey. He does, he doesn't care who he's no playing. No mercy. Exactly. He's taking souls. So Anthony, real quick, I have to get your take on Auburn, the last mm-hmm. play of the game. Uh I don't claim to be a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. nor do I think I could ever get there at this point. But I think I would have had more than two guys pressuring the quarterback. You had two guys that couldn't even, like, he had forever to make a play. And when you give a team forever, somebody falls, two guys bump into each other, something happens, and clearly this is what, like, why would you not rush at least three guys? I know you're spying the quarterback with one guy. There. Well, there you go. That was but that's an issue. Would, but what? Okay, but why would you spy the damn quarterback? He's forty yards. Exactly. Away. That's that was their problem. That was their problem, Jamie. You're, you're spying. Spying in that situation makes no sense. Somebody's got to be able to bring down Milrow in within within forty yards. There's no way he can go the distance no. there to the end zone without somebody reacting and getting it. <laughs> that Jamie, that I agree with. Why they were so spying there? They college football coaches letting that stupidity happen when you have a massive upset right. on your hands. Yeah, rushing, rushing three makes sense. You don't want to rush any more than that. There's two. There's two kind of two schools of thoughts there. Either you rush three or you bring the house and you force him to throw quickly. That that is one option. I didn't mind Auburn only only rushing, you know, they should have rushed three. The the spy three. is where the, the problem is. You basically stupid. play with ten guys on that that last play. That's what you did. Now the 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 the, the corner throw there, that's just a perfect throw. It's just a perfect throw. It was. I mean it was, it was it was in a spot. You know, the the corner is right there. The corner is in phase. So actually the the corner should have turned around. Cuz when you're in phase, meaning you're you've get you're right there by the receiver, you have to play the ball. If you're out of phase, usually when the cornerback is running, you see this a lot of times when a cornerback is beat. If you're out of phase, you play the man. So you you wait for the hands, and then you smack the hands down because you've been beaten. But he was in phase, so he should have played the ball on that that standpoint. I don't know what what happened there where he got kind of caught in between. Either way, it was an absolute perfect throw by by Jalen Milrow. Go ahead, Marsh. Yeah. Oh, I just uh, someone from our tax line, Air Comfort Service tax line from the five seven three, sent us the tweet, the picture. Screenshot of Cardell Jones after he beat that kid in Madden. 
said, man, I wish everyone stopped saying I beat a kid in the hospital 91-35. It was 98-35. I had had 91 with a minute 26 left in the fourth. (laughs) That's incredible. Unbelievable. That's awesome. All right, we'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey, Blues fans, you can join our guy Jamie Rivers and Donnie Fandango for a special live taping of the Last Minute Blues podcast on Wednesday from 6 to 8 at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. Hang out with Donnie and Jamie from 6 to 7. Enjoy Twin Peaks selection of local craft beers, handcrafted whiskey cocktails, and more. Then from 7 to 8, you can stick around as the guys cover all the latest hockey news during a special live Last Minute Blues podcast taping. It's all happening this Wednesday from 6 to 8 with Donnie and Jamie at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. Learn more at 101ESPN.com. Plus, Kerry Davis, it's his turn to join uh, the Rizzuto Show for a Fastlane Rizzuto Show uh, gathering at Cybergs. You can join Moon from the Riz Show and Carrie Davis this Thursday from 6 to 8 at Cybergs downtown. Watch the Thursday night football game. Get signed up for some 101 ESPN and point giveaways. Plus, enjoy a cold Bud Light. It's this Thursday, 6, p- 6 to 8 p.m. with Carrie Davis and Moon and Bud Light at Cybergs on Market Street in downtown. If you miss anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at uh, 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked a lot of Sunny Gray today, heard a lot of your mic drop takes, and uh, fantastic, man. Love uh, loved doing the show. We also listened to the press conference, or a lot of it, so you can download the podcast and check it all out. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yes, we have one from the 618. Finally, baseball guy is back to give his <laughs> breakdown of these signings. Welcome back, Ribs. All right. I love the recognition. I was actually uh, talking with uh, John Kelly, the great John Kelly, and he was asking about the radio show and asking about baseball. And he's like, uh, you know, so how do you like talking about the Cardinals? I'm like, John. I'm the baseball I love the guy. Cardinals. Yeah. I'm the damn baseball guy. What the hell's going on <laughs> Jeez, here? Jeez, John. Pay attention. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Jamie, earlier you were uh, puzzled once you noticed that I didn't have hair. Well, I still have hair, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't have the hair. Uh, we got a message from our Air Alliance team. The YouTube chat from St. Louis Cardinal. I can't decide what makes me more angry, the failings of Mo or Marshy's loss of the flow. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, wow, the uh, wow. the rhyming, the... Uh, Unbelievable. Poetry. Now the, available. Yeah, pure poetry. Well done, but good, yeah. good points. We've got one from the 314 in reference to Tortoise and the Hare. Yeah. Thanks. I was going to read that book, and you ruined the ending <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's my bad. I should have said, uh, spoiler alert, so you could have turned down the radio on that. Yeah, that book's only been around for, uh, I don't know, 60 years or so. But good call. (laughs) Fantastic. It's probably been around like 80 years. We got one from the 314. I just wanted to say I thought you guys broke down the press conference very well between his enthusiasm and your guys' breakdown. I'm all in. Keep up the good work, men. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah, I, 
I mean, a lot of that stuff that Sonny Gray was talking about gets you fired up if you're a Cardinals fan. Wanted to be here. Wanted to be a Cardinal yeah. over a year over a year ago, he said. Yeah, I liked it. You know, uh, anytime a guy wants to be here and is speaking with that kind of passion and enthusiasm and just, you know, that fire in his belly, mm-hmm. yeah, sign me up, man. I, no I'm doubt. excited to see him. Well, Last one here. Uh, last one here. This one's about Sonny Gray. It's from Lisa. Thanks for a great show. I like Sonny more at 6 than I did at 10. I like Sonny more at 6 than hmm. I did at 10. Okay, so. More right now at 6 more p.m. Right now, than yeah. at 10 a.m. Okay, all sure. right. So the initial signing. I'll tell you one person that was really ticked off was Randy. Randy Carricker oh, was furious. Yeah. Did was not Randy like the bad? signing. I uh, did not like the signing. I said it was a. What did Randy want him to do? Basically go to hell. I think that's realistic. Nothing, Jamie. We'll see you, buddy. See you tomorrow, hey, see two you o'clock. Tomorrow. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN.